I'm just gonna roll the whole time and then I can cut it all up whenever. Just like Neil. Damn right. I'm enjoy I'm enjoying and also hating editing. Like I, I like doing yeah, it. Thanks for doing it, man. Yeah, dude. I get, I, I kinda like it, but then I hate listening to my own voice. <clears throat> I say the word like way yes. too many times. <laughs> As do I. And I, I, I like stammer. A little bit, yeah. yeah. I'll be like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> well, see, now you're conscious of it, so you're right. You'll, right. you'll know it'll, it'll work as, as we go on. It, and then as less. as the night goes on, the three of us all, I think it's just be, being from Massachusetts, we all start to say fucking a lot fucking. more, do we? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's a mass old thing. Pretty sure we have the best theme song <laughs> of any podcast that's out there. Certainly ever. of any Neil Young podcast. Yes, hundred percent. I'm pretty sure we're also the only Neil Young podcast, but that does not diminish in any way how awesome our theme song is. That's true, for I, sure. I did have a panic attack um, when I was posting some of these episodes. There's a podcast called Long May You Run. I no. saw that. That's about fish. Yeah. That's a great podcast. Really? Isn't that so weird? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's excellent if you guys get a chance to listen to it. Even if you don't like fish, it's fascinating hmm. uh, how they started the whole DIY thing and how they changed music festivals and everything. It's good stuff. I but fuck them right now because this is our goddamn podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, damn right. You know, let's stop talking about other podcasts for crying <laughs> out loud. Except if it's Breaking the Ice, the other podcast I'm That's on. That's true. With, uh, with Josh Dolan. You know, he's a very talented guy, that Josh Dolan. I just can't talk. Yeah, that's the only problem. But other than that, he's pretty good with the podcast thing. So, <laughs> my name is Mike Shue. I'm here with uh, Luke and Russ Condon, the Condon brothers from the band Town Meeting. Hello. And I'm pretty sure, like I said earlier, we're the only podcast about Neil Young, or at least the one that's covering Neil Young album by album, because as I like to say, we have a Neil problem. We do. We just can't shut up about Neil. Amen. When we start talking about it. So, and, uh, you know, we've, we're three in now. We've done uh, the first album. Uh, and then we covered Everybody Knows This Is Nowhere. Now we're on to, this is, these are, these are daunting tasks now. Because these are the albums that defined yeah. his career, if I dare say that. Yeah. Can we all agree there? This is my favorite album of his by far. Okay, so this will, is even more daunting. Because I'm going to say things that are going to crush your dreams. You might not, because I listened to this no less than 30 times. And I've... The highs are still high for me, but I've definitely, I don't know, I'm, I'm dipping. So. Okay. We should also say this, we're finally in the same room. We're yes. six yes. feet apart, of yeah. course. But, yes, uh, yeah, we are practicing social distancing. Yes. And we, I have to sit all the way over here because Russ's guns are taking up that whole couch. <laughs> I didn't, so I, didn't I have to have either. a whole, he has to have a whole couch for him. This and is then, our, and his guns, this, and then really I have this done. little couch Outside over here. Outside of uh, us, like, briefly meeting at Josh's wedding, Neither, so, none of us we, had, 
had has ever met. So this right. is like our first time actually. I remember meeting yeah. you because my daughter was like, "Who's the guy with the bun?" The bun and the guns. The bun yeah. and the guns. <laughs> right. I said, he's obviously a musician. Stay away from him." <laughs> How was the the uh, the protest? You you guys all went, right? Oh yeah, I yeah. went on. Um, it was uh, I don't what was the exact date. It was on that Monday. Uh, whenever this comes out, it's, it's tough to gauge when yeah, this comes right, out, yeah. what date It'll that was. So, yeah. so the, yeah, so we're recording this kind of right in the midst of all the, um, if you don't know by now, all the protests that are going on in the wake of George Floyd's murder. And, uh, and we've all gone, I think. Yeah, I went to, to the Fitchburg yeah, one. Yeah, yeah and I went, went to the to Worcester. Uh, right? I went to the, I think it was the second Worcester one. Okay. They had one on the Sunday previous, and then on Monday, uh, City Councilman Christian King organized one and we did it at city hall and we marched down to the courthouse and did another rally there and moment of silence it all went very well in yeah. my opinion it was very peaceful yeah uh, the worcester police were nothing but professional same with fitchburg yeah. yeah they were very supportive and uh and i was with my daughter who convinced me to go mm-hmm. i initially said we're not going anywhere near there you know, after watching everything that was going on in television yeah, the and media, in Boston, man, that, right? Yeah. Well, I was at the Boston one. Okay. I have a, a firsthand. That was the one I went to. And it was the same thing. Powerful, peaceful, amazing. Yeah. And then, like, my firsthand account is that it was, like, it, no one involved with that protest, like the actual march, which was amazing and successful, had anything to do with what happened later on. And I have a firsthand account that what really popped stuff off was a, a cop car coming down the street towards the crowd and then the crowd started running away from the uh, the cop car and then once the other cops saw the people running they just started throwing tear gas so there's a lot of weird shit going on with like what exactly is making stuff pop off Mm -hmm. but in boston in particular that's kind of what made it happen which is it's really weird so it, it, it the whole thing is just like don't it's just don't believe what they tell you on the media which right. i think at this point should be pretty obvious but unfortunately it's not right you know people do believe the shit they see on the news and well you're very right because yeah i was at the worcester one and for a few hours it was very peaceful and people were getting along and mm-hmm. um and then once it got dark on a in a different section of town right you know there's some stuff that went down there was about 50 people 50 or 60 people that were you know, in a different section of town, they and they uh, were on Main Street, apparently stopping traffic, and the cops told them to leave, and then things were thrown, and somebody shot a flare at the cops, and oh, then geez. the riot police came in. So it was completely separate from what we experienced. Yeah, and if you right. if you look at that week and the protests around the country, it's a very similar story. And Russ, you're absolutely right because the very next morning uh, on WGBH, which is a national public radio radio station. Um, they said, oh, protests around Massachusetts. Last night there was one in Worcester, uh, and there were so many people arrested, and there was some violence in the riot police. Yeah, and and then they didn't even with, mention right, exactly. the yeah. couple thousand people right. that were on the, the, the Worcester Common Oval. Because yeah. that's what it is. It's focus on the outliers, yeah. focus on the right. fear. You and, know what I mean? And, and, well, it's sexy. It gets ratings. Right. You know, if, yeah, if everybody, yeah. like, went and it was super peaceful and everybody kind of got on the same page and it was really positive, well, nobody... Yeah. That's not exciting news. Yeah, there's yeah. definitely a lot of uh, negative factors, mm-hmm. or a lot of people to blame. I don't know. I hate to. I hate to say the media because I. I feel like that's a a Trump crutch. Do you know what I mean? But like the media is kind of shitty when it comes to mm-hmm. all this because well, it's just money. 
It's yeah. all it is. It's just money. Well, the, it doesn't matter. Even Boston, politically, it doesn't matter. But the Boston what, what one sells fear. When, fear sells. The that's, Boston that's one that you were at, yeah. you, you could tell watching it live. Like even the local news, they were itchy. They they wanted something to happen. That's because what the, mar- that's what the, the, the vibe was. Uh, the was once it got dark, that was what it was like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the cops trapped us in. Yeah. And and there was a, a t- there was like they put out a tweet like hours earlier, which was weird. They put out a tweet saying like the protest is over, and you need to go home. Whatever. There's you know this curfew or whatever, but we weren't able to go home. They wouldn't let us leave mm-hmm. the common. Right. That the whole area was blocked up, and we saw it, and we were marching up to the state house, which was the planned route. They had all these barricades up, and it was like this big, huge fence, all this stuff. So it was like all the streets around the common were already like mm-hmm. it was like they were trying to keep everyone in, and then telling us that it was that we had to leave. Yeah. So it's weird because in some areas you have cops that are being great, and but then in a lot of big cities, a lot of places. I mean, the videos are undeniable of the shit that the cops are doing. Right. Well, then, so I, it's it's a, I don't know. There's there's so many different ways we could. And I and I talked um, last night on Facebook with um, a, a friend who I had met at the Boston protest. Uh, this guy I met on the way there, Donnell, and then uh, my friend Tiki, who I've known since like middle school. She's like a really good friend of mine, and mm-hmm. we were all at the Boston one, and we, I just like we just all talked. And we all just kind of got our thoughts out about everything that's going on. And we're going to do it again. But um, there, there's so many avenues. I think for me, the most important thing right now is that this is this, this is what needs to happen. Um, you know, we you, you saw something similar with like the civil rights movement where there was, uh, you know, thou- peaceful protests, thousands and thousands. And then like after Martin Luther King Jr. was murdered, there was riots. Right. And then there was change. Well, it, so it's like, it's a mix of all of it, right? And like the cops obviously back then acted shitty. Well, the cops are acting shitty today. Not all of the cops, but at the same time, but that the was majority issue, of them That are. was an issue back then. And so I'm transitioning back to Neil, like the, listening to this album I, after the, the Gold I Rush. wanted to make that point. I literally wanted to make that point. I wanted to almost start this off by saying, we saw it with like... Um, uh, with Buffalo Springfield, right? Because oh, that yeah. was that Ohio. Was that that? No, they had that for what it's worth. Yeah, they had for what it's worth. Right. So, and, but that was. But I'm saying, like off Neil, of LA riots. Yeah. That's, so yeah. Neil, Neil has a track record of singing about the shit that he that matters to him. I mean, mm-hmm. that was Stephen Stills. Well, let's not get technical. In Ohio. They wrote the song Ohio. No, I no, think you're talking Neil. about for what it's worth. No, no, I'm talking about Ohio. Well, you said for what it's worth. No, I said for what it's. He worth. He said for what it's. Well, worth. for what it's worth, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> God, for crying out loud. <laughs> but I, I wanted to make the point that, like, I find it kind of like a, I don't know, some sort of a synchronicity that, like, this is the album that we're on mm-hmm. now. Right. And it's in the midst of the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, it, th- this huge, like, wave it hits that's happening in, in all over the world right now. And it's crazy that we're on this particular album because in his solo career, this is the first time I think we really see Neil saying fuck you to the establishment in a in a in a way that's undeniable with with southern man southern man was like blatant and it was and it, kind of yeah. the outlier of the record in a in a good way but let anyway sorry no no yeah. no no this no, is no i want to start makes the a good point because it's way. 1970 yeah. yeah you know and he's recording this 69 70 right and and the civil rights movement is going through all of that right at that point yeah. that was like a peak of action yep. 
mm-hmm. uh, for the civil rights movement at that time. So yeah, it is kind of weird that we're doing this album at this point in time and how much, unfortunately, I like to say, it's still relevant. Exactly. You know, I wish it wasn't. It's fun, I mean, it's right. great music, but I wish it wasn't so relevant as it was back in 1969, right. And I, I think we wouldn't be doing just, we wouldn't be, we couldn't call ourselves real Neil fans, I think, if we didn't address what's going on. And if I didn't make it a public statement, my own personal stance that I obviously stand with the Black Lives Matter movement. And like that, you know, Neil, as a Neil fan, I feel that same sort of fervor to be uh, expressive about the shit mm-hmm. that I believe in. Right. You know, so like, I think that it's important for us in this intro to sort of say that that synchronicity that we're experiencing with this album, that song, and then take it to today. And like you said, Mike, unfortunately, we still have those same, if not even more expansive issues with police brutality and black oppression. You know what I mean? And it's just like, it's, it's, it is, it's, it's unfortunate, but w- what we're experiencing right now with these protests is, is a real, uh, a, a big change, a big movement. And I think, I think real stuff, I think real change is, is, uh, happening and, and will happen. And I hope that, and my friend Tiki last night, she was saying like, she was saying as a black woman, like, I want everyone to know, like, thank you for helping spread this. But at the same time, know that like, I am not a trend. You know what I mean? Like she was saying that as a black woman, like not a hashtag, I'm not a hashtag, right? You know, like I'm a human person. This is stuff I deal with every day. Right. So it's great that you're posting the black squares and whatever, but like, keep, keep, let's keep going. Keep it going. Donate. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do yeah. the stuff you need to do. You got to amplify like, yeah. what right. I learned and, at and the, the same rally. Way that you amplify Neil, the voices. Neil, do, Neil does things. You know what I mean? Mm, Neil yeah. doesn't just write a song. Like no, Neil, he takes action. Yeah. And yeah. so and think, Ohio is a perfect example. Because in that song, that's CSNY, that was that was on um, it, no deja vu. It, it was, I was but he, it, he I, I wasn't wrote sure it. If it was, he wrote it as a single, right? Because he was so he saw, moved by but, what happened. But it at was Kent Buffalo State. Springfield, right? No, uh, no, that was CSNY. Was yeah, Ohio, Ohio was CSNY. He okay. saw the picture the on the magazine of that woman over the girl who got shot yeah, at Kent, Kent State, Kent right? State, and yeah. he wrote the song that night. They recorded it the next day, and it was on air the day after that. Right. Yeah. Which oh, is yeah, so right. fucking cool. Like, yeah. And that's that kind of sets up again what Neil does like to this day. Like mm-hmm. as his career progressed, he, um, it's almost like his albums were like magazines. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, you have albums later on in his career like Let's Roll mm-hmm. and Are You Passionate and Trans. Uh, <laughs> You know, why do you have to? I'm why do you have sorry. to do that? I'm sorry. You know, I, I haven't figured out if I like trans or not. <laughs> We're having it's a landing on water. Landing on water is a big piece of poop. All right. I'm really well, let's sorry. let's get in. Let's I'm get into sorry. the album. We're Should talking. I feel like you're on a roll, but I can't. You know, now no, no, forget it. I'm leaving. It is a great point. I'm all the way up here to Fitchburg. <laughs> How's my level, Luke? I feel like uh, you're good as long okay. as you stay. I'm adjusting as we go. I got okay. I, I got an eye on it. Right. We're uh, we're. I have a new audio uh, interface that I'm working with, and we're. If, if the audio sucks, you know what? Fucking send us some money to get this professionally <laughs> produced, you assholes. That's that's a smooth <laughs> pitch, my friend. Yeah, we're we are going to get we're just, so many we're sponsors. We're telling people to donate to like Black Lives Matter yeah. movement. But and then donate to us first, donate to right? Us. It, I will say Jesus. it does feel weird 
in a not not good or bad. It's just weird to like this podcast came out in the midst yeah, of right. a lot of shit. So by the time people are listening to this episode, who knows what the hell will well, be Well, what's going funny on. is this is the first time we've we've actually met face to face. Yeah. Right. Like we've been in the same room because before that it's just been screens. I'm glad to see you guys are real and not CGI images. <laughs> we, you, did you think we were catfish catfish? I, I don't know. Like oh, I'd show up great. and there'd be like four Russian guys here throwing me into a bag and selling me in Azerbaijan or somewhere into some kind of human trafficking thing some kind of market for fat hairy half chinese guys you know so i'm glad you guys are who you are thank you for being there um there's got to be a market for that i know you hey i gotta scroll i gotta search pornhub i'm sure something will come up Uh, don't pretend you haven't done that i'm just thinking of it now when we get my phone here hold on now come on let's talk about neil that's why people are listening and we've barely talked about i do agree though i think you know it those things at that time set a tone for his whole career. I mean, even yeah. when you talk about, he did a whole album about Monsanto. You know what I mean? Like right. It's, it's and that a, was that. A, it was like I said, like a magazine. Yes. So yeah. that was the main story, the cover story of that mm. magazine. Right. You right. know. Yeah, and that's it, a great point. And that's yeah. what I love about, and that's why he releases so many albums. It's kind of like that folk tradition of kind of spreading the news. Neil is like the opposite of what people want out of music, like certain people want out of musicians, that whole like shut up and play thing. Right. Neil's the opposite of that. Oh, yeah. Neil gives no fucks about that. Right. You know what I mean? Neil has something to say. You need to fucking, you're going to have to sit there and listen to it. You know what I mean? Even if it's through a shitty vocoder that he ripped off from Kraftwerk. (laughs) Right. Whatever it is. But, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, you got me into talking about trans. Can we just talk about after the gold rush, please? Listen, all I did was bring it up in the list of albums you were you were going to get to it anyway. You're no, talking about- <laughs> I wasn't. All right, let's let's talk about after the gold rush and how it all kind of fits in with what we just spent the last you know two hours talking about. Sailing hardships through. You know, 1970 was the year, mm-hmm. so all of that was going on. Neil was, his, his marriage was falling apart. He was freshly in Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, which kind of propelled him even further. In fact, um, after the gold rush, I believe, he recorded or tried to record with just Crazy Horse. He, he wanted to make another, like, everybody yeah. knows this is nowhere type of album. Mm-hmm. But Danny Witten was so messed up so on heroin um, there were points I was reading that he was like nodding off on stage. Oh, really? And Neil had to like walk over to him and yell, Danny, you got to sing. <laughs> oh, you know, and he was just like totally nodded off on stage. So at this point, he like, he just <clears throat> gets rid of Crazy Horse, tells Danny to get himself cleaned up. And then what I like about this and what he did was he was one of the first people to do this. He built a studio in his house. Because he didn't want that factory atmosphere of being in a studio where there's multiple studios huh. and there's different artists in each studio. Yeah. And there's a distraction and there's the social thing and the drug dealers come by and those hangers on and stuff like that. And so this is like, I'm going to do it in my house in Topanga and I'm going to just rip apart my basement. And he got his producer, David Briggs to come in and, and build this. I guess it was so small, you could only fit like three guys in there at the same time. 
Um, but that's what I like about this album. He kind of took it. Again, this is kind of sets the track for Neil's career. He just wanted that full control. He wanted to do it himself. He yeah. didn't have to rely on time limits or anything like that. Right. And, uh, and he built the studio in his home. And I think that's, that's, that's amazing. Awesome. Yeah. And you mentioned, um, you mentioned like the, the crazy horse aspect of this album. And we also briefly sort of touched on the CSNY portion a little bit. And I, and in the first two episodes, we, when we talked about the self-titled and everybody knows this is nowhere, we drew those comparisons of like the first album being a little, you know, uh, definitely more studio clean kind of a thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And then we talked about the, everybody knows this is nowhere and the crazy horse, like rocking out sort of vibe. And I really feel like this album is a, a perfect blend of the two. Um, I feel like it has those, I mean, when you think about Southern man, that's a, that's a crazy horse. You know what I mean? Like that's one of those vibes, which ironically was not one of the songs cr- that crazy horse ended up doing. I don't think. Yeah. He only saved like I think I think, yeah, I think two songs. Yeah from the crazy horse yeah. sessions that they were Well, you can definitely hear with. like Danny Witten's vocals in there in in some stuff, but but yeah, I mean, well, Ralph Molina did drums I think the, right. the he whole was, the whole and Billy, I'm pretty sure played bass on everything. No, he had a guy named this guy's oh, fascinating, George Reeves. Was in CSNY. Right. Right. Yes, and this guy right. was But a Billy real, was on the album as well. Right, yeah. Yeah. But George Reeves was such a certified weirdo. <laughs> he showed up to Neil's house one day to to record painted gold <laughs> is that real i didn't yeah. see that he's like that's from the uh the book shaky and oh, like I gotta, he, get, um, yeah, I gotta get this book he was really into like uh a native american spirituality yeah so he's always kind of chanting and uh doing kind of ceremonial things like that but he just showed up one day gold <laughs> And like one of the assistant producers or engineers was like, "Hey, uh, George is here, and he's he's gold." <laughs> and, and Neil was like, "Neil's like, yeah, man, he is. He's great. I love him." He's like, "No, no, he's literally gold. He's what do we what do we do?" He's like, "Just bring him." Neil loved him because yeah. of that because yeah. he was such a, a freak. Yeah. And Neil was like, "This is who I. Oh, this awesome. is what I need on the record." And Neil like loved his playing. Who who was he and on the record? The drummer. He was no, the, the bassist. The bassist. But and but, it was but Billy um, Talbot was Billy also Talbot, on the album as but, well. And he did. Billy Talbot didn't really play a lot, but uh-huh. uh, Neil said Billy didn't mind George stepping in. Yeah. Because George was such a great bass player. Yeah, I can see that. You know, he was yeah. a guy that was trained by some of the Motown guys. You know, okay. and and. Uh, but yeah, just a quick side note on George Reeves. Yeah, he was a real great. weirdo, no, and CSN later fired him because he was such. Because he's a he, he started wanted to bag. start. He wanted to do yeah. his own songs. Did either of you, you guys know? watch um, the Epics docuseries uh, Laurel Canyon? No, just came I haven't out. seen that. It's so fucking. Did you good. tell Dad to watch that? Yeah, I did. He I, said we don't have Epics, so he, he couldn't. Just find do it, the but. seven day free trial. That's what I'm doing. But it's 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 literally it starts in like sixty five. And just talks about everyone who lived in Laurel Canyon, the mamas and the papas, mm. Neil, like how Buffalo Springfield started, how they broke up, and how, uh, there's a lot of stuff about Neil and just that whole culture there, and it's so crazy. Like when you said that thing about the dude showing up in gold, um, they one of the things they said is everyone just their doors were always open, and you would come home from tour and there'd just be two dudes in your living room, like mm. one of them just smoking pot and one of them just uh, like playing guitar on the floor or whatever mm. and it was just that just became what it was and uh one of the dudes who i i can't remember i think it was remember that band love oh yeah um 
I think the lead singer of Love said he came home. Was from, it Arthur Lee? I don't. Is know. that his name? I think it was. Yeah. It was Arthur something. But he said he came home and there was a guy that everyone knew was just a, like a regular dude, and um, just sitting on his floor. And with and then a, he said a woman came out of his bedroom. She's like, oh yeah, it's my my girlfriend. She's in there just taking a nap. We got to get going though because you know Charlie's gonna get mad if he finds uh-huh. out we were at your house. <laughs> and it was the it was that I don't remember his name. Uh, I think it was with a B. But he's the the dude who like ended up killing Sharon Tate. Really? Like, yeah. Just oh, he was, was it that just, Tex or whatever that guy Tex. Whatever his real name they is. They portrayed him in uh, Once Upon a Time yeah. in Hollywood. But too. he was just part of that crowd, and I don't know. But it was it's fascinating. And that part aside. If I could go back and live in any time period and place, it would be Laurel Canyon in the 60s and 70s. Well, Topanga, I guess, was a little different. It was a little more secluded because there was only one road in and one road out. And you, so you had this mix of rednecks who had always lived there and hippies who had kind of settled in on there and artists. Yeah. There was a nudist colony in there. Of course. There were some cults, you nice. know. So, but it was. It was smaller, and I guess it was just more tight knit because of the because of the way the canyon was set up. Yeah, and that's why Neil went there because it was just a little more out of the way. He that makes sense. He never really dug the Laurel Canyon thing. Yeah, um, he probably loved the music and stuff, but that he didn't like being a scene guy. You know, that's yeah. that's what I'm learning. Yeah. about Neil's like he he wasn't the guy that went out and he partied. He was more the guy who like watched everybody go out and party yeah. and then wrote stuff about He's it. He's a loner. Yeah. Right, exactly. There you go. Very good, Well, I, mm. I always thought it was fascinating, too, because he he left Buffalo Springfield, started his own stuff, obviously was incredibly successful on that, but it was not a, lo- a huge gap of time before Stephen Stills, who was in Buffalo Springfield that Neil Young quit, asked Neil to join CSN. And I it, it like... If it was me, I'd be like, I'm not going to ask the guy who just like quit the band that we had been building for two years. But then, and I guess uh, Crosby and Nash were like, why, you know, why Neil? Because none of them played guitar very well. They were just very good vocalists, and they needed some more like up heavy electric stuff. And it's one of my favorite quotes from the doc. Is I guess Stills just said something like. You know, have, when you see me and Neil play guitar together, then you'll know why he right. needs to be in the band. Right. And it was just well, those no albums, man. I mean, Neil's guitar is so prominent. It's so like, oh, it's man. so neat. Fucking Neil, man. It's <laughs> like a Neil, fucking man. Neil. It's it's it, without him in those albums. And I mean, to me, arguably, they're the best of the, those guys' works. Like CSN, you're talking yeah, about CS. I mean, the Buffalo right. Springfield C- early CSN stuff with Neil. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. Yes, there are some great songs later on without Neil, but to me, that's the the height. That's the best of the best of of the of those guys is when they have Neil. You should definitely watch this, Russ. I, I would love to. Yeah, I agree because Helpless is the best song on that album. Right. Yeah. And what's the shame is I don't know if you guys read about this. One of Neil's biggest frustrations and regrets is he did like an eight nine minute version of Helpless with Crazy Horse. Really? He said it was like oh, the wow. greatest thing, one of the greatest things he's ever felt, one of the most raw things he's ever been through. Engineer didn't press record. Oh, no. Oh, no. And that led to him saying, just roll tape. Always. Oh, okay. Always. Just, yeah. just yeah. Once I get in here, just turn it on. And David Briggs was always like, well, we're going to waste tape. He's like, I don't fucking care. I'm paying money for this. You know, I'm not going to miss a moment like that again. He called it audio verite, like cinema verite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, just just roll, and whatever we get from recording, whether yeah. we're 
laying down a song or messing around with something, we'll have it. Right. You cool. know, and we can work with it later. Who is David Briggs? You've brought him up a few times. He's David a producer. Dave, yeah, he was. Is yeah. he not worked, the manager? The producer? No, he was a producer. Okay. Yeah. He is insane. <laughs> That's I don't know what other way to put it. I, I'm trying to think of he. The more I read about him, the more I think I'm going to start a podcast just about just David about Briggs, yeah. because the guy was out of his mind and uh, a brilliant producer. But his whole theory was I'm trying to remember what he said. He said that um, the less, the most, the more direct from microphone to tape, the better. He said he'd go into a, a studio and they'd have 30 tracks. He'd say, okay, how do I disable 25 of these tracks? Because that's all I'm going to... I'm not going to need all that I stuff. Might post this he was the sure. guy that really was behind Neil going, do it live, capture the moment. This is a great picture of him and Neil right here. Yeah, he looks like, he, he looks like Manson a little Does bit. He? Yeah, yeah he's down. a scary dude. He was that guy that would always... I mean, he would start fights. Don't, he don't was, post it yet. Save it for like the week leading up to... Yeah, us. I'm just saying I might, but... But David Briggs is um, a, a real motivator of Neil Young because he was one of the people Neil liked to have around because he told Neil when he when he was sucking, he said, "Neil, this is really okay. this really sucks. You should approach this differently." Huh? Yeah. He really like kind of prodded Neil and pushed him. And um, here, hold on, I I brought Shaky with me. There's a couple of testimonial quotes about David Briggs in here from some different people. I'll it just... looks like a college textbook. I know. Well, that's that's <laughs> this is what I do, man. I get obsessed about something and then I got to get really into it. But um, this guy, uh, let's see here. Okay, this is this is what Frank San Pedro from Crazy Horse said about David Briggs. It's it's kind of beautiful and hilarious to me. Yeah. It, he said. Um, David was master of committing women to slavery by putting them in left field. A true master of administering pure pain and gaining true love. David Jesus. fucking had the women on their hands and knees. He cleaned up the fucking floor and then washed the walls with them, twisted them up like a pretzel and filled their head full of fog and haze. And I think he said, I love you now and then just to make it real. So he literally is like a fucking... Charlie Manson type. He, he was yeah. just this guy who was like so assertive. This guy, Leslie Morris. Here's this, uh, Leslie Morris was a uh, Geffen Records employee. David Briggs, asshole. An arrogant <laughs> asshole. Briggs came off as such an asshole. Here's the Manson connection. This guy, David Blumberg, who worked with David Briggs, mostly as an arranger, said, David chased Manson off the grounds of his Topanga house. Manson wanted his truck. David told him he'd shoot him if he didn't get lost. Manson was scared of Briggs. That's Holy awesome. shit. That, wow. that quote alone, that's, that's worth every single thing. <laughs> Man, Manson was scared of Briggs. That's so that's, that's the kind of guy Neil wanted around him. He oh, had a, I'm trying to remember this other quote. I didn't write it down. I think he said, um, if you are a yes man, then there's no need for one of us. Guess which one it is. Oh wow! You yeah. know, and Briggs was definitely not a yes man. He yeah. was, yeah. he was like, he was the guy that was in Neil's face saying, yeah, yeah. you know, this isn't real enough. Yeah, you know, this is this isn't rock and roll enough. You yeah. know, you're you're starting to sound fake. That's great. You know, so he was the guy that was kind of controlling the, a little bit controlling the rudder as much as he can with Neil. So you Young. definitely prefer Briggs over Nietzsche then. Um. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. We well, talk about Nietzsche a little he's bit. In the, he's, 
Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about Nietzsche a little bit later on because it's hilarious. His one appearance on this album is just hilarious. What is he on? I didn't even know he was on this at all. He plays on one of the Crazy Horse tracks. Okay. He plays on uh, When You Dance. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because at that time, he was, Neil wanted him to be part of Crazy Horse, and, and Jack Nietzsche loved Neil Young. He'd follow him anywhere, but he hated Crazy Horse. He, like, he was like all those yeah. other Laurel Canyon people. He was like, those guys, why are you with them? They can't play. Right. You know, they're, they're criminals. You know, they, I, t- they stole my girlfriend. I'm, so I'm halfway through the doc, and we ha- Crazy Horse hasn't come up yet, which will be very interesting. Yeah. So. Yeah, the CSN guys hated them. Really? Oh, okay. just, just thought they were just awful. Oh, that's great. Because they couldn't, they all said they can't even play their instruments. And Neil's like, that's why I'm playing with them. Oh, that's great. You know, it's like the opposite of what, what we're dealing with. They, right. bring, they bring up the doors a lot. I guess they were a big Laurel Canyon staple. Like, they played at the, the whiskey, they were the whiskey house band. And uh, I guess Jim, this might be common knowledge to everyone else, but he just couldn't stay sober on stage. Oh no, he just no, got yeah. shit faced constantly, which there's is why it a, took there's him a, a year. story of of uh, of Jimi Hendrix playing with Jim, and Janice is in the audience, and Jim is so fucking drunk, he starts telling Jimmy that he wants to suck his cock, and he's like. Jimmy, I want to suck your cock. And he like tries coming over to Jimmy, and Jimmy's just fucking out of his mind, trying to play the guitar. And then Janice gets on stage with a fucking bottle of Jack and smashes it over Jim's head. Oh, my God. Yeah. I heard it on a podcast, but that story is awesome. Unpopular opinion, not a Jim Morrison fan. I like The Doors, but it's only because of Ray. I don't know. He, I just, he, I, I'm whatever. We don't need to talk about this now. That's a whole other podcast. Yeah. Yes. I hate the Doors. Really? Starring Luke Conn. Oh. No, no. <laughs> no, no, I love the Doors. Okay. Sorry. I don't know. I like like two of their songs. I, Ray Manzarek is fucking incredible. Like, but I just feel like Jim was kind of a whatever. Let's talk about this later after the Gold Rush. <laughs> yes, after the Gold Rush. Uh, can we talk about Nils Lofgren a little yeah, bit? Yeah, yeah. Which was another major factor in this album, and. Um, God bless Neil Young for giving this guy, this yeah, kid, he was fucking literally a kid, yeah. a chance. He was wait, he met up with him in Washington D.C. right at the cellar door. Also, how about that fucking name, Nils? <laughs> a, yeah, what, that's a great Nils Lofgren. Yeah, like that sounds like a, a Thor's brother. <laughs> you know what I mean? Thor's Thor's hippie brother Nils. Yeah, his hippie brother. I don't want to be a Jimmy God. I just want to like make music, and I love Neil. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. When did he go play with Bruce? Was it how how far I think that was um that was during uh Born in the USA because okay. Steve Van Zant left the E Street band at that time and Nils came in to fill in and then Steve Van Zant uh came back. Okay. And and Bruce just doesn't want to Bruce doesn't fire anyone from his band. If you ever seen Bruce yeah. live, there's like thirty people on stage. <laughs> yeah. I don't even think he knows they're all there. Like he'll look over and there's some guy playing spoons. And he'll be like, Patty, who's it? Who's playing spoons? Really? All right. Well, if he filled out his paperwork, all right, he can stay. That's good. All right. I, I do love the because doesn't Bruce also have an album where it's his ass on the back of the front? Yes, of, yes, that's yeah. right. Born in the yeah, USA. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, that maybe that's what Nils does is he only plays with bands if they guarantee to put their big ass <laughs> as the whole back of the album. So basically what we're saying here on uh, Long May You, you Young is uh, Nils Lofgren is an ass man. He's an ass, He's man. An ass man. Yeah, <laughs> He likes butt stuff. Maybe we can get him Unverified. on. Unverified. And- <laughs> yeah, I can confirm that. 
He's got hell. He's got some fucking sideburns though. Oh, dude! Always, Everyone dude had always sideburns. had a great image, yeah. man. A lot of sideburns back then. Yeah. Oh yeah. Dude, sideburns. A lot of sideburns. Neil's sideburns yeah. back then. Yeah, man. No, that you can't see him. That, in that doesn't do yeah. it justice. But like his Neil had some original sideburns. Neil sideburns. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Shaved off the sideburns, made trans. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Oh, I got to take a drink real let's quick. Move, <laughs> let's move on. So, yeah, so Nils Lofgren, 18, hooks up with him in, like, Washington, D.C. And he was mostly for piano. Well, no, no. he. Uh, he, he I know he did other stuff, but I thought he right. brought him on because of his piano playing. So, so Nils, right. like, gets a call from Neil after meeting him and playing him his music, and he says, hey, why don't you come out here, and I can get your band, Grin, a record deal. Mm-hmm. Ahmet Erdogan said, you know, he'd, he'd love to hear your stuff. Mm. And so he flies out there. He can't get a ride to Topanga Canyon or wherever. So he, he like, tries to hitchhike out there, but he walks. Like, most, I don't know how, it's like, it's like 45 minutes to an hour. From mm-hmm. L.A. to yeah, Laurel Canyon? To get there, I think. It's, it's like, it's up near Malibu. And yeah. so he's, he's got a huge suitcase and a guitar case, and he gets, finally gets to Neil Young's house. And Neil's just getting in his car. And Neil goes, oh, hey, um, I'm glad to see you came out. That's awesome. I'm busy now. Why don't you come by tomorrow? (laughs) And Nils doesn't want to tell him, like, he couldn't get a ride to his house. Like, he doesn't want to seem like he can't get things done. He's like, like, okay. And and then he, like, hitchhiked back to L.A. But he ended up sleeping on David Briggs' couch. Okay. So that's because he helped him build the studio and stuff like that. But he was a multi-instrumentalist, but the only... And he looked next to him, and there was a woman wrapped up like a pretzel, and Briggs was telling her to bow down. That's right. He was washing the walls <laughs> yeah, yeah, with women. Whatever the fuck that is. Yeah, <laughs> Frank San Pedro was saying. Um, he, Nils Lofgren could play a lot of instruments, but he couldn't play the piano. I thought that he was... I thought he No, was, Neil really? said, Nils, I want you to play piano. And he said, Neil, I don't know how to play the piano. Wow. Goes, That's I got okay. that all wrong. I thought that I read that he was like a... Some kind of a prodigy. Well, yeah, but not on piano. Not on piano. So he went okay, to so what, the piano player, the keyboard player in the band Spirit. Yeah. He went to his house and had the guy like teach him how Just to play to piano play and Neil? then practiced before oh, they started wow. recording. Okay. Cool. And I, Neil's, I know Neil he's credited, like, though, with piano. Yeah, and he does play piano. Because yeah. Neil wants, wants him to... He's, Neil's like, I don't want a session guy to play piano. Mm. I don't want yeah. them in there showing off and playing licks and whatever. I just want someone in there. And Neil was like the opposite of everything right, yeah. else, dude. He really it's great. Was. I don't everybody want this to sound was, good. Everybody else was you using know. session people. Yeah. Do you like, know what I mean? And Neil that, was I'm like, telling you, it's Neil that first was like, album. No, give me a fucking 18-year-old named Nils yeah. who doesn't right. know how to play. Right. And well, I, yeah. and I, do it's you, great. You know when CSNY did Woodstock? They wouldn't the film. Joni Mitchell. Oh, oh, you mean played when they yeah, played yeah, at yeah. Woodstock? They didn't film. They didn't film. Yeah, Neil just was there. Neil yeah. specifically. He said, "I won't play if you film right. me." He said, "I'm only here to play music." He pissed the, the cameraman. He told him to hated fuck off. Him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he said, "You come near me, also, I'll hit you with my guitar." I also this podcast I was listening to about Jimmy. Um, they he had another story about when when they were going to Woodstock. Jimmy and Neil like arrived at the. Uh, the airport at the same time because it was like a private type of flight type of thing and everyone they were like so fucking late and jimmy was supposed to like headline and uh but they they were really late so (laughs) so neil because they were like there together trying to get to the the festival and neil stole a truck (laughs) hijacked a truck and so then i i can't remember i think it was yeah so i think jimmy was driving and Neil just jumped on the the on the fucking hood, 
And they were both just high, you know what I mean, right. like on coke or whatever the fuck. And yeah, so they're like just driving in this airport, and one of them's on the hood while the other one's driving, and they're making their way to Woodstock, and they're both super fucking late, you know yeah. what I mean? It's just great. Those stories from back, like you oh said, my Luke, God. going back then would be incredible. Yeah, that'd be just wild. going to people's houses, just going on their porches. Like if you look at all those pictures that that dude, I think they're, I forget the name of the band, but there's a dude named Henry from one of those bands. He just has. Thousands and thousands of pictures. This yeah. back porch, this backyard, this living room. And it's like, damn, there's so many fucking incredibly talented, famous people yeah, before just like, anyone it would be knew so who they cool were. To just, even for me, it would be like nuts to just go like, like, go be a, like, sit in on the basement tapes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. see Levon and just like fucking Garth, you know? Like, I don't know. That, that, that would just be so wild to just Speaking go. Speaking of Levon. Yeah. Uh, after we talk about after the gold rush, you know, I think we should do a little Neil news because Levon's involved. Really? Oh, I know. Oh, have, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about that afterwards. Yeah. yeah. A little, yeah. Uh, little foreshadowing. But back to Nils. Oh, yeah, Who Nils. starts the album off, I believe. I think the Tell, uh, tell Me Why, it's just Neil and Nils, mm-hmm. two acoustics. That's right. the yeah, whole two, fucking yeah, two song. guitars. Now, yeah. I have a theory about why he started the album off with that and not after the gold rush. Okay. It's because that's the most Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young sounding song on the album. Yeah. He was just experienced this huge boost. And he's always said, well, I was just doing that so I could keep, you know, doing my own stuff and keep Crazy Horse going. And, um, but I think he did that just to kind of make a, you know, a, a build a bridge with people who were into Crosby, Stills & Nash. And he wanted them to listen to his solo stuff. Mm. Because it's very the the backing vocals are very similar. Yeah. I mean, Nils Lofgren does an amazing job with the backing vocals on that. I think that makes sense. I I love how this album starts because it's so. I th- I think I believe this whole album got eviscerated by Rolling Stone. I think I read that. Yeah, they like, didn't. They didn't like. They hated it, first. and they sh- yeah. because everyone just wanted. Then another later on, they, they, start they, with they, years Girl. later, they called it a masterpiece. Yeah, it's one of the hundred yeah. best albums of all time mm. on Rolling Stone. Right. Yeah. They did that with Zeppelin too. Oh really? They shit all over Zeppelin's albums, and then later really? on, yeah, yeah, How? later on they loved them. I love Zeppelin because they're freaking music critics who wanted to hang yeah, out with dude. Stephen Stills. <laughs> you know? Do you know Stephen Stills was supposed to be in the Monkees? Was he really? But he, his teeth were all fucked up. You so know he would have punched in. Mickey Dolenz. <laughs> just reading about Stephen Stills, just he just wasn't. He didn't put up with that kind of goofy shit. I can't well, even imagine. I get. I guess they they he auditioned and he didn't look the part. He, they said you have a weird tooth. Right. <laughs> so they went with that guy Peter. Yeah. You're not cute. Yeah, he wasn't cute right? enough. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I I uh, I love how this album starts. I just think it's so great because it, well, it's another way it's that also. Crazy Horse, I, I thought, yeah, Crazy Horse adds the back, the vocal harmonies as well for this. Because oh, I was really? going to say, I think you can hear Danny well, Witten in there. No, Danny Witten is Danny? only on one track. So on then this it must album. be like Ralph and yeah, Billy right. adding yeah. the vocals. Yeah. But yeah. it just, to me, it's the exact opposite of his last record, which I loved. But it's kind of, it's another way in my mind that what I don't even, it's, it, whether it's intentional or not, that Neil's just like, ah, fuck you. Like, I'm starting the album this way. I also love that every his other albums began eat, going back to the vinyl. Mm-hmm. Yes, of course. <laughs> but the two the two sides of his uh, of his first record they all began with like kind of a cutesy instrumental track, right. and then this one 
they both end with kind of a cutesy whatever. Yeah, I got like, a few words about those cutesy oh, little throwaways. Oh, holy shit! Okay, yeah. so let's let's hold not on. A, not a cripple. I don't want to. Un- I don't want to unleash <laughs> right now. That's um, dude. That song's been stuck in my head. Fucking. I'm sorry. It's a mighty tight squeeze. I'll say that. Oh shut up! No, fuck you, Shoe. I love <laughs> no. that. I love that little. Don't melody. even stall. Let's I wait love to that get little there. Melody. Let's it's wait great, till we dude. get Russ's there. Russ's top okay? three: Cripple Creek Ferry, no, Cripple no, Creek, no. Creek Ferry. It's definitely uh, not in my top three, but I just until the morning comes. Guys, Neil, Neil is a Neil is a melody masterpiece. Even if you don't fucking. Even if it annoys you, he knows how to fucking come up with a melody. Yeah. And let me retort, Russ. Fuck you. <laughs> he was listening to fucking Big Pink, and he wanted that sound. He even took the fucking oh, title. I, I, you know? did, I yeah. was he even took say, the words from the fucking when did, band. When did Big Pink come out? Was it around That was then? 69, was like right? 69, so it was before yeah. this. Then you're right. probably 100% right. I am well, 100% right. That name. song sucks. I think he liked the name. <laughs> no, not about that. Oh, Fuck you. Oh, okay. No, Cripple Creek Creek. Up on Cripple Creek does not suck. No, no, but Cripple Creek Ferry is just a fucking thorny turd. They both were throwaways. (laughs) Weirdly enough, not my least favorite. Neither one my least favorite song on the album. But, like, they're, Russ is right, they're super catchy, but they do feel like he's like, this is fun to sing, and I don't want to write any more than just the words. Well, I think think what it was was we're dealing with, well, you the guys vinyl. You... Well, dealing with the vinyl format at that time. Yes. So I bet, yes. much like Paranoid, Black Sabbath's Paranoid, they were like, "Hey, you got two minutes left on uh, to yeah, fill. Yeah, yeah. What do you got?" He goes, "Well, I got this little thing we can throw this in little there." Little ditty, yeah. Right. Have and I like... love interludes. I love yeah. stuff like that. Just not those fucking two. <laughs> Why they're okay. so catchy? You don't like, not. you don't like. They're catchy no, like fucking we'll herpes. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. But fuck you. <laughs> no, fuck you, Russ, and your guns. I do, I, it is you. I do. I call this gun Cripple Creek Ferry. I call this one till the morning gun. <laughs> till the morning guns. <laughs> till the morning guns. Yes. <laughs> oh Jesus. Uh, all right. Well, are we done talking about? Tell me why. Oh, I didn't say anything about it. I fucking love that song. Those lyrics are awesome. Your 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 points are invalid now. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> no, lyrically it's a perfect lyrically, song. Lyrically it's awesome, dude. That Sa- song is so good. Sailing hardships through broken harbors. Out on the waves in the night, Ugh. still the searcher must ride the dark horse. That's and it's so I love that line. Oh, yeah. Still the searcher must ride the dark horse. Racing along in his uh, fright, right? right? Yeah. Oh yeah. my god, that's amazing, unbelievable. That's a that's a love. That's that, him. That's so like that's Neil. That's so fucking right? Neil, dude. And those even the chorus, like, is it hard to make arrangements with yourself? Right. When you're old enough to repay, but young enough to sell. Oh like, my god. That, to me, like. What that, is it, now? What does that? What does that don't mean know. to you? I have no idea. Right? But I fucking okay. love it. Not, I wouldn't pretend to know, but I, I, I love that I don't know. And what does that mean to you, Luke? So I've thought about this a lot, and I've, I've thought about it way. So much, have I. But I've been, it's since been running through my head. the first time I heard that song, yeah. when I like a long time ago, I've I've thought about that, and to me, that's the only takeaway is that I just keep thinking so, about. But it. I, All right. I think well, it has to do with he, this is his third album. He's been doing this for. Not a long time, but he's only, what is he, 25 at this point? Like, he's still a yeah, fucking young guy. Yeah, super guy. young. But he's been in this business now. He's heard, he's seen reviews. He's seen ups and downs. He's been in, like, three different bands. Like, uh, you know, when you're you're old enough to repay but young enough to sell, I feel like he's trying to say young enough to sell out. Like, it's that, like, bad. I, I don't know. Like, that's kind of the direction I feel like he's going in. But Well, I, I feel that it's very similar to what you're That's what I think it is, that... And he's not—he's not talking about himself specifically. 
But like I said earlier, he's the guy that was observing what was going on around right. him. Yeah. And I think he was talking about some. That's what I think. I think he was talk, talking about someone else. Can I tell you what I found? Yeah. Remember earlier where I said I was going to crap all over what you, you oh, thought about no. this album? In a 1988 interview with this writer, Scott Cohen, and I quote Neil Young, I stopped singing that song because when I get to that line, and he's talking about is it hard to make mm-hmm. arrangements with yourself, when I get to that line, I go, what the fuck am I talking uh, about? That's how I feel It sounds like it. gibberish to me. But no, he, yeah, but he, I feel like he says that. You, he said that about Last Trip to Tulsa. Right. But He He at, said that song was a big mistake. And that's a, like one of my favorite songs. At, so. a certain, <laughs> at a certain point. That's why we're doing this goddamn right. podcast, listen, though, man, because that's a classic no, fucking Neil no, moment. But listen, right? at a certain point, you write a song. In, whether you write it or you subconsciously write it, something makes that song come out, yeah, and it's course. brilliant. And I feel even strongly, like more strong about this when I, in terms of the act, the song after the gold rush, which mm-hmm. I think is one of the most genius songs ever written, don't know what the fuck it's about, right? But like it's it's uh-huh. it's it it sounds good. It it's just it flows so well. Some of the best lines ever written. Like I was thinking about what a friend had had said. I was hoping that, it was that a lie. line in particular made me feel about uh, made me think about what we're, what we're what's happening in the country now. Let's hop. Let's just hop to after the gold rush. Okay, like that, that okay. line. Like because I could do a whole. When you think about like George Floyd or Beyonce Taylor, like that it, that line like speaks even louder to me. Like I was thinking about what a friend had said. I was hoping, like Mike, what you said at the top of the podcast about how it's unfortunate that we're still we're still dealing with these things to this day. Right. And so like when someone lets you know, like, Oh man, did you see the George Floyd video? And it's like, and then, you know, they, if someone explains to you what happened in it, it's like, you kind of hope that it's alive. You know what I mean? It's that sort of vibe where it's like, right. That line to me, just, it, it, it still speaks volumes. You, you know, it was a screenplay, right? Yeah. I yeah, heard that whole Dean, thing. This whole, the Dean whole Stockwell, album was yeah. supposed to be, uh, the whole album was supposed so like Cripple Creek Ferry was supposed to be a like yeah. a part of the and, of and the, that's why the, the movie was never made because that <laughs> song sucked I so fucking, much. I the can't. movie studios were like, "This is horrible. We're not making a movie." I can't with any believe of this. I, I'm gonna say this. He he's a hundred percent right. That no, he ripped that off from. Big oh Bank. no, I I thought of that. I was like, I, I, I did Neil, not make I that connection. Neil, I bet Neil was hanging out with fucking Levon and Robbie and you know richard and 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 they were playing him that song and he was like i really like the sounds of cripple creek i like the way right. that f- those words flow yeah, together yeah. and then well, i mean they were huge hugely influential yeah oh the yeah band, it, it, i mean they changed the, one of those bands that changed friends. music they were all you know? great friends and yeah. like um yeah i agree that most likely that that whole thing was just like like you said like we need a filler and neil was like i like the words cripple creek ferry mm. and it might go along with this screenplay thing and well, so I, what I wanted, but we're I th- not on that song. So, but my, yeah. my I think my biggest <laughs> thing about that, that. So what I read, and I'm sure we've all read the same thing. He had pretty crazy writer's block, and then someone gave him this screenplay, and he wrote the whole album in three weeks. And obviously, the screenplay, no one ever saw it. It never went anywhere. The movie never got made. Imagine if someone took this album and made a fucking screenplay, because apparently it was about the end of the world. It was about California sinking into the ocean. Mm-hmm. And like, imagine just 
basing it off the song after the Gold Rush specifically, but then the right. whole album and it's. I mean, that song is a is a poke. It is a. It's like, a fucking prophecy, man. It's an awesome a song as a, like a story too. It's like right. And he talked about it later. Here's the theme that we're gonna keep. I think running into in this podcast is that Neil trans is that oh, Neil fuck. will Neil will say like fuck. Neil will say one thing. He'll say I have Landing no idea what. He'll say, I have no idea what that song is about. And then years later, he'll be like, oh, it was maybe about this. Right. Or it or, was about Or this. it right. was a mistake. Right. Or I don't Shit know like what I'm talking about. Right. But I can't, I can't like even blame him for that because I'm the same way sometimes yeah. with some songs that I write. Where people will be like, oh, that's about this, right, Ross? And I'm like, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's know, what it like, really, that's what, to me, yeah. that's what music should be. That's what a song should be. It's what the listener. Yes interprets it to be we all have these different filters that yeah. we've built up with our life experience and i hear i hear cripple creek fairy obviously very different than you do but yeah. that's from the filter i've built up in my life the music i've liked right, the right, family right. the friends i've had everything yeah i mean if you bring you know? up if you're gonna bring up black sabbath and then talk about cripple creek fairy there's no bridge between black sabbath no, there, and there cripple is creek there is paranoid <laughs> was a song they needed two minutes to fill on the paranoid album and they wrote paranoid in like 15 minutes and recorded it It became the biggest hit they ever had as nice. opposed to cripple creek ferry <laughs> which was just that piece of shitty toilet paper yeah, that was stuck what? to the I, side of the bowl i get that though like our two most streamed songs were written either the day we recorded or the day before west of seattle which is almost at a million streams right now we wrote the day before because we Converse that used to do this thing called Rubber Tracks. Yeah, I remember that. This is incredible. Um, I'm so bummed that they don't do it, but we we knew we had a day. Did you work with Adam Taylor? Did we? Uh, I don't remember. Because no, he worked over there for a while. He's a, there was a few guys. He's a good producer. Uh, Evan was one of the main guys, yeah. I think. I don't think we worked with Adam. Okay. But either way, like, so we had like two or three songs we knew we wanted to do, and then we were just in here just fucking around, like right here, and... I just started playing this GCG thing, and then Babe started singing something about Seattle, and then we all sat down and just wrote this song. Well, none of us had been to Seattle. Do you know what I mean? But, like, it was kind of about, like, loss and dealing with, like, some pretty depressing thoughts and whatever. But it was written the day before, and then that it's our most streamed song. And then the other song that's <laughs> almost at a quarter of a million streams, we were in the studio. Like, we had the album mapped out. And then, like, on day three, Russ was sitting down there with a guitar. He's like, hey, I have this idea. And he just starts singing this song called, it's now called Good Enough. And we're like, well, I guess we're going to record that right now. And it's, I don't know, it's like, I love shit like that. Where right. it's, and I think those are sometimes the best songs where it's kind right. of. Right, or at least the most interesting. Yeah. yeah. Did, you, did you guys read about the whole thing of, like, when Dolly Parton was going to yeah. cover this song with uh, Linda Ronstadt and Emmylou Harris? And, what, after the gold rush? Yes. And, uh, and no, sorry, uh, Good Enough by Town Meeting. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Of course. <laughs> no, um, uh, par- they, she's paranoid. an idiot not to, not to have recorded <laughs> it. Was, it was paranoid. Yeah, oh, it was so, it paranoid? Yeah. <laughs> I really like that black Sabbath. <laughs> I would actually, I'd, I'd probably get down to that. A Dolly Parton Dolly cover. Parton and Dolly Emily Parton Lou. does a pretty sick version of Stairway to Heaven. Ooh, does I she? At, and also she does, and I don't like this song, but I like her version of Shine by Collective Soul. She okay. actually does a version with like with string section, which Dolly Parton is badass. Like, yeah, she's amazing. She's yeah. awesome. She's yeah. great. Emmy Lou Harris, I also love. Agreed. 
I don't know enough about Linda Ronstadt. I don't know anything about Linda I heard Ronstadt. she was hot, so. Yes. Um, and now she's got Parkinson's. So oh, thanks for bringing uh, that up. That's oh, you, just great. Jeez. Where were we? You're the one with a book. Do- no, I'm not no but so, so Dolly called Neil and was like, hey, so we're going to do this song. And we were just wondering, well, what the fuck is it about? You right. know? And Neil was like, I don't know. <laughs> and like. So he lit- she like literally straight up asked him like no really what is this song about and Neil was like uh, I it, whatever I was taking at the time uh, <laughs> yeah I remember that yeah and then like but then like years later he said it's like this uh, he also um, tacked it to the screenplay yeah but then he was talking about the past the present and the future type of vibe. Which is definitely there for sure. He talks about the medieval celebration, mm-hmm. this like the singer in a burned out basement being high, and then the like um, the alien spaceships and the chosen ones and like this, you know, post apocalyptic like rescuing from the earth being. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's definitely that theme. So it's like I want to see that movie so bad. I know, me too. But it's like uh, it's. I think it's all of that. I think it's. He doesn't know what the fuck it's about. It's about whatever the fuck drug he was taking at the time. And it's also that past, present, future thing. And then it's, so it's that journey through like all of the states of, you know, and then there's also that screenplay element to it. Right. You know what I mean? Also and spot that's what on songs Dolly come impression, from. by the way. Thank you. Yeah. yeah that was pretty I was good. Pretty, I was pretty proud of that. Um, I just want to tell you, it took, according to David Briggs, it took him less than 30 minutes to write this song. Neil? Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I believe that, but I guess I kind of do mm. believe it. Cause he, I could 100% believe yeah. that. Well, that's I, what we learned about... Um, although, unless David and Neil were both on acid. In, in which, maybe. You know, but that's what we and, learned about Down by the four River, Four hours right? could seem like 30 minutes or yeah, vice true. versa. You know but what I mean? Like, transcend space and time. Yeah. So I, I, I printed out a few things about this song, and this is one of my favorite Nils quotes about being there when this song was recorded. He said, Neil never told me what the song was about. I'd love to bend his ear about it. It's like all our own fantasies as we hear the words. But look, man, I was standing there in the control room, looking through the glass, watching him play that thing on the old upright piano, and it's still on the road with him. I fucking love... I I love that he still has that old upright. Mm -hmm. And just, like, I... Something about him saying that... God, I I can't imagine being there and just seeing that. Like seeing him record that song, ah, it gives me fucking chills. Um, you know, yeah. it, it usually though it's it's they don't know they're witnessing something special. Yeah, but they don't usually don't know if they're you know they don't they're not like this is going to be the greatest song ever or but this I, is going to be huge. I and, feel like you at at a certain point you must know right. I, I, with some of these songs, and I'm not just talking about Neil, but a lot of these people who grew up in that same area, you must like they they all used to say that about Joni, and apparently everyone was fucking in love with Joni. Yeah, Mitchell. everybody loved Joni. But like they, well, Joni comes into play in this album, right? Yeah, yeah. but with they were the top single yes. of this song. But they were like a lot of the people in this in, in um this documentary were, were just saying when Joni showed up and she started playing her guitar, it just everyone just went quiet. Yeah, it was like an immense talent yeah that people were intimidated a lot of people use the word intimidated yeah when they talk about Joni Mitchell a lot of great artists you oh, know yeah. like all the CSN guys yeah and, I know. would have been fucking head over heels in love with Joni yeah. Mitchell back then not so much now but back then definitely can, can we talk about the French horn sure yeah yeah okay I like it because it sounds sad and forlorn like 
a very drunk Salvation Army band. You know what I mean? I just think it, it lends to like... Whoa, 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 Was that a real French horn? Did you just bring a French horn in <laughs> That's here? That's right, yes. Right, so it's... I, but I think it's perfect for the song because it's, it's like... it's technically a flugelhorn. It, was it a flugelhorn? Yeah, yeah. Um, Bill But it was like, it's supposed to be a celebration. So you like bring in the band. It's a celebration, but it's being played in such a sad way yeah. because it's like yeah. the death of a planet, you know, but we're we're saving some of it. But we're also it's also like a funeral. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, this world is is gonna end. But I just I love it. Until oh, you said that yeah. I didn't know it was a French horn. And also, is that the only other instrument besides the piano? I think it is. Yeah, pretty much. So in the his first He's probably like Nils, play the French horn. He's like, I don't know how to play the French horn. I actually yeah. think it was a guy named Bill Peterson. Uh, on the flugelhorn. I don't want to believe that it's a guy named Bill. It wasn't Chuck Mangione. (laughs) I mean, he's the flugelhorn king. Can I just read this one thing? Wait, did you get that from the Chuck Mangione podcast that I've been listening to? Oh, yeah. I've been following that since episode one. (laughs) The one about his hat (laughs) is the best one. That's episode seven. To be fair, it's it's not even in my top three flugelhorn podcast. Oh, really? Oh, dude. What the fuck? So when we talked about the album in as a whole, and you guys are Chuck Mangioning right now. But, sorry, sorry. Can that be a um, thing, Chuck Mangioning? Yes, it is. That's when you're talking to someone and then you just start playing the French horn, <laughs> and you're just like, this, "This feels so good." Yeah. I, I wanted to read this one. We talked about the uh, to go back to just the album um, uh, reception overall. And I wanted to read this one thing because we talked about how Rolling Stones was was really negative. But uh, I wanted to read the one that was positive at the time, which I think was a village voice. Did you read this one, Luke? No. He says, while David Crosby yowls about assassinations, Young divulges darker agonies without even bothering uh, to make them explicit. Here the gaunt pain of everybody knows this is nowhere fills out a little. The voice softer, the jangling guitar muted behind a piano. Young's melodies, I love this. Every one of them are impossible to dismiss. He can write poetic lyrics without falling flat on his metaphor, even when the subject is ecology or crumbling empire. And despite his acoustic tenor, he rocks plenty, a real rarity, pleasant and hard at the same time. That is a great, I feel like that's a really great review of this Um, album. Not all of them. What do you mean? Uh, I mean, melody? Cripple Creek Ferry sucks. <laughs> it's a, okay, but the melody is you can't deny the melody. What is the melody I in your head right now? I, it's in there because it's it's you've you've been talking about it incessantly, and it's it, really because, starting to annoy. Okay, me. but melodies that aren't yeah. It, Till the morning comes has that. It's got that earworm, and it was burrowed into my head, and I almost drove into a tree <laughs> trying to get it out. I think Cripple Creek Ferry has that same sort of. Oh yeah, it, I'd say more than more, till the morning fuck, comes, dude. Oh. Catchy as fuck. In fact, I'm only going to give you till the morning comes to come around on Cripple Creek Ferry. No. <laughs> All right. Well, I'd rather listen to Landing on Water four times. In no, a row. definitely you're not true. Eat those words. You, when we yeah, get to you that are. Album. I can't wait till when we, we get, get to that, that album. album. <laughs> you will be fucking sucking on those words, dude. Oh my god. All right. Can we can we move yeah, on? Let's move on. Let's move All on. right. All right. I just uh, after the Gold Rush, excellent song. Yeah, amazing. Uh, and what's great is that. We all have everybody, including Dolly Parton, has different interpretations. Yes. Oh, yeah. And when he plays Which it is live what a great song to this day, yeah. whether it's on acoustic and a harmonica or whether he plays it on this organ and it's this really fucking eerie. It's so mm. mysterious. It's, it's like, awesome. It's, no matter the way he plays it. Musically and lyrically, yeah, it's, 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 it's just yeah. it's mysterious. It's fascinating. And it, there's so many different interpretations. And whether he knows what it means or not, 
I want to see that. You know who I want to do it? The, that dude who did um, Annihilation. You ever watch Annihilation? With Natalie Portman? Yeah. Yeah. F- yeah. Great fucking movie. I want that dude to make a movie called After the Gold Rush. Yeah. Could be amazing. Anyway, you, that dude, do that. <laughs> All right. That dude. You, that dude. <laughs> we'll call your people. Um, so can we move on to his uh, his only, as you mentioned earlier, his only yeah, top, his top 40 single, hit? yeah. Only Love Can Break Your Heart, which is, to me, a glimpse is of things to come. Is it his only? His first. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But. Um, and off this album, it's only there's only two singles. This one and, and When You, you Dance. dance yeah. yeah. Well, this was the glimpse of Harvest right here, yeah. I think. Oh, this was the beginnings yeah. of yeah, yeah. the roots of Harvest, because it had that kind of plodding drum beat, yeah. the very country. It's a great song. Yeah. I love it was, this song. It, and it's, it's also it's in beautiful. Big Daddy. Is it really? Yeah. yeah right? what's, Remember who, that when he's uh, uh, someone else covered it though. It was uh, yeah, oh yeah. I don't think it's the Neil version, but um, I definitely remember it from Big Daddy. Yeah. I think it's when he's at the toll booth and they show him like yep. working at the toll booth. <laughs> That's right. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> well, this dun, is the most yeah. Laurel Canyon sounding song on the album. Do the you most... li- do you does that bother you? No, you, no, no, yeah. no. I think it's it's. I think it's a beautiful song. Yeah. And those words are are just so very true. And this is where the Joni aspect comes right. in because apparently or allegedly Neil wrote this about Graham, Graham. Nash's breakup with Joni. Joni dumped his ass. Yeah. Through yeah. Uh, through yeah. a uh, I believe through a letter through a text at the time. A te- which yeah, <laughs> for you for, mil- for you millennials. Old text. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She ghosted his ass. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Imagine getting dumped by Joni Mitchell. I know. I mean, yeah. that's probably awesome, though. That's still probably awesome because everybody loves Joni. You got dumped by Joni. I know. Yeah. It's like I got, you know, I got dumped by, you know, uh, Shannon, you know, who had a hit with "Let the Music Play" in the eighties. Right? Not yeah. impressive. Right. I got jumped by Joni. By by get dumped by Joni Mitchell. If I could jump by Joni Mitchell, but if I could say that, you know, they'd be like, "Wow, yeah, you was, know, that's yeah. a whole." I was walking friggin- by the troubadour, and then Joni Mitchell just beat the shit out of me. Yeah, she my wallet. On my she back. rolled me for my friggin' wallet. Yeah, she heard that there was a market for half Chinese uh, hairy. Yeah, she said, "Are you? Do you have a hairy back?" And that's what Ladies of the Canyon is about. She said, "Do you have a hairy back?" And are you half Chinese? And then she went, "Oh my." <laughs> Not many other people have the same kind of feelings I do. Fucking great, Joni, by did, the way. Yeah, and then Thank she you. did a weird vocal trail that, that you couldn't wrap your head around. Oh, I fucking love Joni. But yeah, no, I, this this song is it's a good tune. It's, you, I agree I like with you. Lot, yeah. It's it's the lead into Harvest for sure. Um, it's weird to me that this is the single, and it's not my favorite. It's not my favorite song off the album. My favorite song off this album is in my top five songs of all time. Don't let it bring you down. Yeah, yeah. and and uh, I like I like but, uh, only love can break your heart, but I don't see why this was the single because this was like thirty three, wasn't it? This one had the most mass appeal as and opposed it had to Stephen don't stills in it, right? So, but I think as a song, it's a beautiful song. It is. I don't yeah. get it. This has, song. It has universal. <laughs> well, obviously, not then not universal. <laughs> it doesn't have universal appeal because Luke doesn't fucking get it. <laughs> Um, so everybody but Luke. Nearly. So I can't say the whole universe gets it because Luke's over here going, well, I don't so get the song. He's one of the chosen ones. All right, man. whatever. Well, like only, I, explain it to me. Only love can break your heart. Well, what else can? What, what else can? I don't know. All right, guess what? All right, I'm, I'm in then. There That's what go. I'm saying. Those words are amazing. We just shoot I guess you, your yeah. heart can't be broken unless you're in love. All right. right. You know I mean, what? it could be physically broken. You know, like somebody what? could hit you in the chest with a hammer. That's true. You know? 
Yeah, but if like Joni Mitchell, but, right? Yeah, and but, then take your wallet. But it's either someone who didn't love you or loved you a lot. So either way, love's breaking your goddamn heart. Right. Is it love though, or is it? This is dumb. This is a dumb. Yeah, just, just this is a dumb. It. Just press the Josh. Thing. Come on, dude. Josh, press the Josh. Josh thing. Dolan. Just press the Josh. I don't remember what we were talking about, but it probably had something to do about radio. I love that he says something to do about radio. Right. That's why he's not working there anymore either. I told you I didn't want a podcast this week because my brain is fried. Can I just real quick? Exp- Josh Dolan is a guy I used to work with on WAAF. He was my partner doing the afternoon show, and uh, I do a podcast with him called Breaking the Ice. You know, we were talking about David Briggs earlier. He is the exact polar opposite of David Briggs. Okay, I just that's just explaining a little bit of Josh Dolan. And so, if you listen to the Breaking the Ice podcast and you listen to Josh, you'll you'll realize like what's wrong with him. And and Josh, like, what, why is he like way, that? And Josh, not it, in the David Briggs way. Not in a David Briggs way. Yeah. More like a like. Oh no, what happened? And Josh, if you're listening to this, this is Shu trying to tell you he wants you to show up at his house. Dre- uh, spray painted so, yeah, in gold yes. entirely. <laughs> you guys, Josh, the podcast last week. Also, he came in. He was go- Josh, he was fuchsia. Also, Josh, this is Shu's way of telling you that he loves you, but it will break your heart mm-hmm. because only love can break your heart. Only right. love and- of a half Chinese hairy fat. <laughs> I told man. you I didn't want a podcast this week because my brain is fried. Yeah, that's my favorite right. one. So also, you're not that fat, Shu. We're seeing you in person right now. No, oh, so. thank you. I really appreciate yeah, you that. You look great. Yeah, quarantine has been good going. to me. Also, Josh Dolan the, is part of the reason why this happened because he got you guys on yeah, the Breaking yeah, Ice podcast, yeah. and it was us talking about Neil Young that made him say, "I have no idea what you guys are talking right. about." And we were all we right. took up his whole podcast with us talking right. about, about Neil, Neil Young, Young. So and go- he thought it was like an old president, I've like gone- someone who came after Taft, <laughs> yeah. but before Wilson. I will say in Josh's defense, I went back and listened to a few Breaking the Ices. You guys do a really fucking great job, you and Josh and Isaiah. Uh, I was very surprised to learn he didn't know what a fluffernutter was. Um, that, until recently. Until, until recently. months ago. And he grew up here, like the, the birthplace of fluff, Massachusetts. Yeah. yeah. No, but I, you're going to hate me, Shu. Oh, boy. Also, no idea who Rock Hudson is. Okay, well, I can see that. I can see that, Luke. Because How old are you, Luke? 34. Okay, so you're in that age where he was like a huge, huge stars and like star in the fifties, sixties. Is he like a Paul Newman kind of a? He's yeah, big, nice chin, perfect hair, big dude. But his whole thing was he was gay. Okay, and so he spent his whole life, you know, married to a woman in like the fifties. Yeah, because the studio said you should have a wife. No one, no one can know you're gay because it'll ruin all the movies. And then he died of AIDS. And that's when he came out. I've never right heard of. He I've died. never heard of any of this. The only reason I give Josh a hard time about that is because he prefaced that with saying, "I love old time Hollywood stuff," <laughs> okay. and it was like, "Oh yeah, like Rock Hudson." And he's like, "Who's Rock Hudson?" I'm like, "Oh my god, you just said you like old time Hollywood stuff." Okay, can we talk about Neil Young? I'm so sick. I'm starting to get angry just talking about Josh. Just talking about Josh. <laughs> Fucking my brain is a noodle right now. Okay. That's such a that's such a niche market. Like no one f- is gonna anyone who listens. I mean, Josh Dolan know. is a niche market. Yes, yes he is. That's yeah. true. He's a, a Jack, Jack Nietzsche. Nietzsche. Uh, <laughs> oh, they both gotta go. Shoot. That's, that, that's, that, that's that brother thing. Let's All right, Southern on. man. Oh, are we gonna tackle this now? Yeah, we we. This oh, is... wait a minute. Can I just do a quick shoe? Uh, a, a little sidebar. Oh boy. So I was working with. a Do you guy. want me to leave or? No, no, no. I was working <laughs> okay, with a that's guy. Not code. <laughs> so I paint, and I uh, I work with my friend Eric O'Connell, and uh, he's a huge disc golf head. 
Oh, no. And he told me. Did I hit him? No, no, no. Okay. But he just <laughs> wanted me to tell you that. Uh, oh, boy. Is, uh, if he if he busts on my arrow. No, no, no. That you're okay. a Newton Hill yes. guy. Yep. And uh, the Daisy Tilt or something. Oh, did I meet him at the Daisy uh, Trilogy? Maple the... Hill Pyramids and or something like I've that. I've played Pyramids. But, yeah, and Maple Hill. You I played disco? Yeah. Oh yeah, we both. Played. Yeah, we played. We oh played. fuck! Why aren't we, we playing? Should play. We should I would go play. Shut the mics off. Let's I didn't go know right that now. you played disco. I, I Holy didn't, shit! I had dude. no idea about this until E Double told me that. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like stoked to talk to you about that because we love playing disc golf. We're not good at it. I haven't played it. Well, now. neither am I. Yeah. I've been playing for like I, three I years. Know, which is the point of disc golf? I feel like if the reason I play is like I can bring a cooler with with beers. Right. We we play we used to play Devons every weekend. Yeah, just don't leave those oh no, see I haven't played Devons yet. Devons Maybe you guys can show really? me around at it's some great. point. Yeah, we should go play Devons for yeah. sure. Okay, let's, let's do plan it. that. Let's make that happen. I was just at Maple Hill this morning. Really? I play like every weekend. Me and like five other old guys go out there and That's before awesome. the young guys move which, in. Which which flag do you do though? Uh, most of the time it's red. Sometimes we do old glory or whites. Okay. I haven't moved up to blue or gold. What are you fucking kidding yeah, me? Yeah, fuck, fuck those assholes who do gold. They just have long arms. They don't even have long arms. They just have some weird way that they can they can drive really far. Yeah, and it's I called fucking, doing it correctly and well. I'd so... The last some weird way <laughs> that they could throw the disc really far and get it in the Yo, basket. Still, fuck those assholes. It's like fucking Manny Ramirez had a weird you know way of hitting those a home run. Those guys are the Cripple Creek fairies of disc golfers, oh, all right? Oh, fuck shit. those assholes. The last Uh-oh. time I was at Maple Hill, the hole that you can either go to the side around that little pond area or if it's gold you go across the pond oh, yeah. yes i like we play didn't we play there we put pl- we played yeah, there a couple that, times i got a fucking birdie on on one of those not a gold but yeah no not a gold but i got a birdie but at, w- at that place i, I, I watched the these, one time that i got one. i watched these I was two stoked as fuck okay. i watched these two guys <laughs> do that and i thought those these guys are fucking shrimps i can do this boom right in the water yeah. not even halfway <laughs> oh yeah I don't know what they're doing, but I can't do it. They're anyway. just they're just throwing it very well. They're just dicks. They're just really good at it. They're cheating. Accept it, Luke. No, they they're drones is what they're throwing. They're throwing drones. They're robots. They're a bunch of southern men. Speaking let's of go, which, yeah, let's, yeah, let's go, go back. Let's get into. Okay, let's do this now. I mean, this this again, like I said earlier, unfortunately, uh, a song that's very much still relevant today. Right. It's clearly holy it's shit. Clearly is it a relevant? Comment on anti. It's it's him. It's Neil saying that he is against racism. He's anti-racist. You know what I mean? Like, right. He has no problem calling. But he tar- out- at that time though he targets. Yes. The place South, that is right. the most racist yes. yeah. at that time. And, Calls and, him right and guess out. what? Even like to this day is the first time we're seeing actual kind of like. Did you guys see that news story about? Uh, I don't know if it was was it the Marines or someone that. What happened, Luke? No, you're good. Okay. Uh, they're they're just now trying to put a ban on Confederate flags. Yeah. Yeah, it's all just right. now, all these years later, mm-hmm. Neil's singing about that shit in the fucking seven, like or not nineteen seventy. Well, yeah, yeah, we might as well call it the sixties. Like, right? And and even it's been however many years now, and we're still not. People, that's still okay. Yeah. To this day, is is. Allowing that kind of expression, you know what I mean? It's. it's I know. I live. I lived in Richmond, Virginia, for eight years. Wow. And when, so, what time period? This what? was the nineties. Okay. So, you know, ninety, ninety. Not that it matters. It's still the same as it was. Oh uh, no! It's 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 well, it's different now. Oh really? Well, I don't know if you've seen what's been going on down there. They ripped down the Lee statue. Or? No. Well, they're, they're going to take it down. Okay. But they did. Someone ripped down a statue of another one of the more minor generals in a different part of the city. Um, 
Yeah, so you're dealing with monuments on, yeah. a, on a street, a beautiful street called Monument Ave, but it's Robert E. Lee, Jeb Stuart, Jefferson Davis, you know, yeah, Stonewall the, Jackson. The guys who lost. Right. Well, <laughs> that's when I moved down there, I used to call it the Avenue of Second Place Trophies. You want to see a fucking good old boy get angry. Holy oh, they don't shit. Like it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they call me a carpetbagger. I'm like, whatever, man. <laughs> but we should say Jeez. this is a podcast for, you know, people up north and up south. So if you do like the Confederate flag, fuck you. Yeah. Uh, you know, I always people say it's heritage and I always say, no, it's treason. This is a, a whole separate country. Yeah. That yeah. declared itself a sovereign nation to break apart the union. It was a rebellion right. yeah. and it's treason. And it's so funny that you'll see people with a con- Confederate flag and a fucking American flag. It's like. Do you not see your own fucking... Did you not take fourth grade history? <laughs> right. Right? It's you worse know? up here when you see the dudes driving around with Confederate flags. Yeah. I, literally, literally, I've seen pickup trucks with... They have the two sides. They got the fucking big American flag waving on one side right. and the fucking Confederate flag waving on the... I'm like, this is... You are completely dense. Yeah. Right. Well, you have every right to, to wave that flag around, but just... You can't be confused on what it represented. Right. It represented treason and a system that was built on slavery. Yeah. Yes. And it's, you know, I don't think it should be illegal, but it shouldn't. Like when they were, South Carolina had the big deal because it was still in their flag. And then they put an actual Confederate flag over their state house. I remember that. Over their state flag. You know, that's, it shouldn't in any way be represented by any facet of the government. Agreed. And that's like the Marines. You're right, like, oh my God, be... it's taken this long. Right. Where they were part of, you know, they're, they come from a force that, you know, a couple hundred years ago had to fight yeah. people right. that were yes. waving the Confederate flag. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. You know? No, I agree 100%. For, I mean, freedom of speech should be protected at all costs, but like the government should have nothing to do with fucking, it just, it, to me, it makes no sense that it even still does but i can I, i'm a massive well, you know employee, so. i don't know you it's the first amendment you you yeah. should be allowed to do that you can wave the nazi flag yeah you know you can wave the you know you can you can hang an irish but flag outside means, your house if you're of that you, you should know, be able to get the fucking shit kicked out of you well let's not resort to violence <laughs> all right not to to bull whips and and uh not yet you know uh can i just Read to you what Neil said about this tune. Yeah. This is not as bad as like I made a mistake or anything, but it is kind of funny. <laughs> oh boy, he said. You know, he says looking back. I actually on wrote it, this song about the North. It's like, um... oh shoot, I lost it. <laughs> I wrote Please this edit song that about part. Lynn. I wrote, yeah, this isn't. This is about aliens bringing us to another planet. <laughs> Uh, the song's oh, about uh, a good IPA I have. Right, it's delicious. <laughs> it's about country. Time. This song's Let about me. Stephen Stills. What? <laughs> he said it was like um, watching. This song could have a civil rights. This song could have been written. Oh, hold on. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> the um, professional, everyone. I know this is this is why I'm not working in radio anymore. Um, he said he could have written it after uh, a civil rights march uh, while watching Gone with the Wind. Huh. Because huh. It, is, it is a generalization. Right. And that's why Skinner had that right. retort. That well, Southern that man don't was need... re- the retort was for Alabama. I thought and, it was and, for this one. No, no. No, it was for Southern Man. I think it was for Southern Man. Nope, I read that it was specifically for Alabama, and then... I don't like that your man bun shook when you uh, disagreed and with then, us. Well, the, they, they say Southern Man in Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah, a Southern a Man. Southern, southern Man don't need yes, no... Yes, but 
you can see that uh, Van Zant even said because Neil and him like got along. Yeah. And, like, oh yeah. Ronnie Van Zant was a huge Neil Young. Yeah, fan. and they, well, they both like commented. It was probably a, a mixture of both. I think, I think it was a mixture of both, but the song was called Alabama, and and then it's Sweet Home Alabama, which Neil has covered a few times. Yes, and and uh, Neil even said later on, like he's definitely generalizing in Alabama. He doesn't say that about Southern Man. Alabama, in the my song. opinion, better song than Southern Man. By the way, I love Alabama. Oh, that's a, t- that's, mm, that's that's a tough, tough one. Yeah, that's a tough one. I they're both pretty good. They're both pretty powerful. They're both great, but that. Alabama, as far as covering it from a from a selfish like playing, well, yeah, the but we haven't covered Southern Man. We've covered it uh, at the the last show we did. We covered Southern. We covered Alabama and Southern Man. Did we? Yeah, you, we were all very drunk. Yeah, that was pretty wasted. <laughs> yeah, make, shut, make fun of me because I can't talk. Shut, shut At least up, I can you've remember been in, you've things. You've been in radio for like twenty years. <laughs> Not anymore. No, but so, but Southern. But I mean, this song it is it definitely. <laughs> she was looking at his notes like. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but I, I think what what Gary Chinese. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I could make some money off of that if I do a, a webcam. I, I think. <laughs> What's <laughs> something about OnlyFans? Or... <laughs> I think what hits me about this song the most is this is the first like rock and roll song on that record, and it's yeah. also you have these first two songs that are very ambiguous and super mysterious, and that even now he claims he doesn't know exactly what they're about because they're very poetic and right. and interesting. And then he's got "Only Love Will Break Your Heart," which is pretty specifically about Joni Mitchell. And everyone wanted to fuck her. And then you have this song. You have these first three songs that are kind of mysterious and whatever and poetic. And then this one is—it's just a pinpointed, clear song. Like this yeah. is a song. There's no, there's no ambiguity right. about this song. He wanted people to know what how he felt about racism right. and how he felt about segregation. Oh yeah, and how he he brings up reparations in it. Yeah, you know, and and yeah. so and that's he was a discussion now. Yeah, and it's still it's unfortunately because, still because going on today. Every other. Uh, every other I've heard this at some of the speeches is that every other like major thing like that um, has there has been reparations except for the, the for slavery does he bring up reparations in the song I mean yeah when he, sa- he I says mean, uh, what's when the will lyric? you he pay has, them back when will you pay them back oh yeah that's reparations yeah. you know what I mean yeah um, he mentions the Ku Klux Klan well that's that's it's, what I'm saying about he's you know, it's pretty gen- it's kind of like yeah it's kind of like what he said about Gone with the Wind. You know, that's like a complete southern stereotype based on based on truth, but you know, it's it's a stere- like Dukes of Hazard. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, now we know he I think he mentioned later much later on saying now it's not just southern man. Actually, he just this is recent cuz he released a live version of this from last year on his website on the Neil Young archives and he said I believe it was it's not southern man anymore this is just you know man in general and there's these things yeah. are wrong and right yeah I, I do love the the and I know I understand it's playful in their friends but to me the contrast between him writing these two very serious songs about racism in the south and then Skinner coming out with like sweet home alabama so like I will say I will say I, I also want to just quickly we were right. We were both. We were all right because uh, Leonard Skinner wrote in response. It says that they wrote it in response to Southern Man and Alabama. Well, so and I'm not. So sh- I'm not shitting cool. on Leonard Skinner because I understand. But I, to- I, I, I hate that song. <laughs> Sweet Home Alabama. Hate it. 
Well, it's I, one of the most overrated and unpleasant. I fucking can't stand that. Well, you don't like Werewolves of me, London? No, let me tell you, it's a very misunderstood song because they were saying this is Sweet Home Alabama. Now, when they were saying they're talking about the governor, where the governor's true, and mm-hmm. um, and the Neil Young thing. But if you listen to the backup singers, they're saying "boo, boo, boo." Really? Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you can I've, find the reference in, in any book, any online. I'll listen to Cripple Creek Ferry twenty five times before I listen to Sweet Home. Well, Alabama. it's it's not like a pro <laughs> Alabama segregation state thing. It's a pro. Yeah. Hey, there's people in Alabama of all races. Alabama's yeah, a great state. Yeah, but they had to have known that the Southern man don't want you around. Yeah, I mean that's a, he says fucking he straight up says. That's I hope because, Neil Young will remember a Southern man don't. He's right. He's pointing out. Yes, he is pointing out that Southern men are fucking arrogant. But like a Southern man is going to see that and and then just glorify themselves even so, more. But but all Southern, which men is what it became, aren't like that. All right. people from the South are not like that. So there's I, a lot of, of African Americans that live in the yeah, South. Yeah, I totally get it. You know, it's it's he's saying that you know Neil Young don't put us all in the same boat. No, I get it. You know? I totally get it. But my. In my gut reaction to that song, just the way it like it makes me want to literally do this dumb th- arm thing that I'm doing. That's because it's been played in bars, oh, totally. and cover bands for so many years. And it, but it's, to me, it's just and like, people have taken it like they took "Fight for Your" like the Beastie Boys, "Fight for Your" right, like you better fight for your right to party, right? And that was like them making fun of like party guys and frat guys and stuff. Right. And then it, all of a sudden, those people yeah. that were making fun of. That's their anthem. They took it as an right. anthem, yeah. You know, and they had yeah. to kind of live up to that. And yeah. it's kind of the same thing there. It's like these yeah. people took this song and they made it into their an anthem, anthem I, yes, about I, something Skinner wasn't trying to communicate totally. at all. But I think yeah. that that's what I. That's still my takeaway. It's like uh, Neil is trying to address certain issues, and then it's like, well, we got sweet whole tea thing, down here. That whole thing of like them wearing each other's T-shirts is pretty cool, though. That is it, cool. Yeah. yeah. You and, can see and, it on the cover of uh, no was it Street Survivors. He's yeah, wearing he's, the Neil Young t shirt. Yeah, and Neil supposedly shirt. he was buried in it. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah, because oh, wow. he, was, he was a huge Neil fan. Apparently, you know, but that's what I mean. they went they, back and forth. Did he not and, know that it was going to be misconstrued that way? I think that he's a, they just, I, it's just. No, but I, I, I don't think he, he thought that. But I think like, he Southern wanted the band. message have, to be they clear. They put the Confederate flag on their fucking shit. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, how do you not, how else can you see that? I will say. <laughs> I'm not saying I don't like Leonard Skinner. Listen, oh, no, just, no. It's not about liking the band Tuesday's or not. Gone It's with about the, the message Tuesday's that they're gone trying is to convey. Tuesday's Gone fucking great song. That's Happy Gilmore. Oh, yeah, that is. <laughs> I'm just going to point out all the Adam all Sandler the, movies. Uh, yeah, I know. Right? Say, there's, a, there's a whole other podcast going on within the podcast. <laughs> When we get at, when we get Adam on, we'll yeah. we'll talk yeah, to him. Yeah, we'll talk, talk to him. Yeah, he'll he'll explain all yeah, that shit. Guy. Yeah. Either way, Southernman is a a, a a certified goddamn classic. It's awesome. right with a very clear message. And I would yeah. like to, if we could try to find the solos in this song, are you want me to pop? The, uh, can I before because he just it's that same it's that classic yeah. fucking Neil Man thing where he just hits one chord and the way he hits it, it's like it just. Uh, it, the Let fact me try that it's and find one that. chord, but you don't even. Re- it's like if someone else just hit one chord, it would be a thing. It would be something. You know what I mean? Right there, it is. It's like I love it. Which to me is what he does. It's that, that aggression. It's yeah. that like he's saying right. without using words. He's saying. Get your shit together. Right, it's anger. Yes, it's anger. You know what? Know what I envision when I when I hear that 
guitar part, I, I see someone hit beating their own head yeah. with their fist going, yeah, why yeah, don't yeah. you get this? Right. Why is this happening? So yeah. it, I think it's two part. I th- that's totally what it is. But I also in his last record, when they reviewed Everybody Knows This Is Nowhere and specifically Down by the River, one of the critics wrote it's like the solos are unbearable. It, he literally just hits the same note 35 times. Yeah, I know. But that's, he does it fucking 50 times. He hits the same right. note in this. And I'm not saying that, but it, to me, it's like. It's how he hits the note. Yeah. So we it's should. how he makes we it. We should. Sound. I did throw out today that we were recording this, an episode about this album. And the one comment we got was, well, we got This is the Best Album from Matt Lacarraza. What's up, Laco? And then Adam Morin said... Yes, Adam Morin. Let's talk about Adam's comments. Let's talk about Adam. Do you want me to read it? No, if it's the same one I have. Yeah, it is. He says, I'm just... I think he wrote it on Shoes uh, Facebook. Yes. He said, I'm just looking forward to the After the Gold Rush episode where I assume one of you will attempt to defend the solo work on Southern Man. Right. (laughs) Yes. Well, shoot, and we I are right it. now. Yes. I have to pee so bad. <laughs> let's let's def, let's let's defend the solo work, and then let's. Or you could make fun of me as I walk away, and you guys could defend the solo work. I don't need to defend it. It's fucking awesome. If you have a problem right. with it, fuck you. Well, he, you know, the like the guy who was reviewing the guitar solos on Everybody Knows This Is Nowhere and Adam Morin. It's <laughs> it's like Moron. Adam Moron. It's how he's playing the notes. Like you lay out, yeah. you lay out like a Sam. Like if you lay out, uh, I can't stand up for falling down by Sam and Dave. Mm. All right, and you read, you just read those lyrics on the paper. You're like, well, these are really simple, but you hear them sing it, and you hear the pleading in their voice. Yeah, it's how they're singing those simple words, and he is he is evoking like he's oh yeah an emotion that he's doing with one note. I'll almost say to to this point in his solo albums. This is the most passionate his his electric work has been. Yeah, it's, through the whole song. I mean, the other the other solo stuff. You know, his surf guitar influence really comes out on oh, the solo. Yeah. He's he was a big surf guitar fan, but it sounds like was he really. Oh yeah, he when he was still in Canada and he was a teenager, Makes sense. loved surf. He loved the Ventures and all yeah. those bands. Um, but it sounds like it's it's like crying. Yeah, it sounds like crying or or or, or it's like screaming in frustration. Oh yeah. You know, so the message not only is the message clear in the lyrics, but in his in the playing. Oh yeah. You know, he's he's conveying that message through his guitar. And that's that's an amazing talent. You know, not everybody could be Steve Vai. Yeah. You know, and be technically amazing on the guitar. But if you can Which, provoke to me, a reaction by playing very few notes like he can well, to the me, way he plays the them. The thing that drives and me it's not like he can't play more notes. Oh, he, he yeah, can. he's proven it's, himself as a guitar player. It's just a matter of he can get the action by by playing one right. note. And it's also, about feel. And sometimes that's right. that's all you need. Do yes. you know what I mean? Like it's to me, it's when people get in Adam. I think it's the dude from that band Toast. So Adam, yeah, I do enjoy you and your. No, music. don't shout them out if he's gonna have. You know a what? Comment. Actually, yeah. You know what? Fuck you if you're gonna shit on Neil's solo work because it, you have any Toast? Let's listen to his guitar work. Yeah, let's let's pull up <laughs> yeah. some Toast right now. <laughs> no, 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 I don't want to do that. <laughs> but uh, no, like the uh, the. When people say, well, it, it, like you said, the, the whole like technical thing, fuck that. Do you know what I mean? Like that's so, it, that, to me, there's It's are, great. I, you know, I enjoy it, but it doesn't convey the message. But to me, there's there's a hundred thousand people that went through Berkeley that can play all the fucking Listen, scales or whatever. Hear, if you want to hear some feel, I mean, sorry, if you want to hear just the technical stuff, go listen to Clapton. You know what I mean? Like Russ fucking hates Clapton. I don't well, hate Clapton. You know, Clapton is total opposite of that, in my opinion. 
Of what? Technical of, of stuff? Te- technical stuff. He's a guy that mm. can play, that has emotion in his playing. Yeah, he does. I he love has Eric Clapton. And he, and we're going to fight because I this have, is just turning into Eric a Russ Mike Chu fight right I now. I love Eric Clapton too, but I'm just saying, he's, he, you know how many fucking like uh, books and discs and videos there are of Clapton like teaching you how to play the guitar? There's, he, he's got a ton of that shit. It's like him. He's because he's guy. got bills, Russ. I know, but my point is, there's <laughs> nothing like that. There's nothing like that with Neil. How dare you? Okay, maybe Clapton wasn't the best example. <laughs> Listen, whatever. My sorry, point is, sorry that you don't get Neil, tears in Neil heaven. Neil is feel, dude. Yes, Neil is feel, and he's and he said that in this whole career. Yeah. It's like he's he wants that moment. He's trying to capture a moment. And we talked about that earlier with the audio verite thing. That's why when he steps in the studio, right. he wants that tape rolling. Right. Because he could capture something yeah. that's just an amazing feeling. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't. I love Clapton. I'm not. Do you don't know? make Chew. Don't you fucking dare Do make you? me a I don't like Clapton guy. I love Clapton. I'll come over to Russ, the gun couch and I'll Clapton. fucking take you out. Listen, man. Russ is saying he loves Clapton, but whenever we watch Goodfellas together, he does get up and walk out whenever Layla. Oh, Derek and the Domino. <laughs> the Layla album is like his finest it's piece excellent. of work. Excellent. Yeah. I'm. Of course. That's excellent. the great. Do you recognize that? Oh my God! How did you? Where did they sell that? <laughs> and especially one dog's great. going one way, the other dog's going the other way. Looks like some Looks guy like right now. We know. Yeah. <laughs> I had a special order that. Oh my God! That's amazing. My finest moment is when my Can dad you came in here. What it is? Since oh, I'm sorry. On yeah, an audio medium. He's got. Um, uh, well, it's Martin Scorsese's mother. Yep. In the movie yes. and the painting it's in one Goodfellas. of the best from, scenes in from my Goodfellas. Yeah. After they after they kill Billy Bats and, and she makes them. him sit down and, and she makes dinner for them. <laughs> he's got the knife and he's got the knife. Yeah, he need, the, I need this knife. I need this. The yeah. hoof. Yeah, the hoof. He's talking about the hoof. Right. All right, Goodfellas podcast guys. Come on. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, easily ten episodes. Um. All right. Yeah. No. But so I that I think we can we can beat this to death. But like the the solo. If you want technical solos, then I I don't know what to tell you. Go fucking listen to Clapton with Russ. But <laughs> no, with Adam Moron. <laughs> Go listen to Yes. I'm just kidding. Go listen yeah, to okay. Yes. Yeah, 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 right? yeah, we appreciate yeah. the support. You don't like Neil. <laughs> Go listen to Yes. I'm sure you'll love Steve Howe. Okay, yes he is, is a good technically amazing. Yes, yes, yes. So you're yes. He just, still has beautiful yeah. melodies in his playing. Or just go to an open mic at Berkeley. You right, know what there I mean? you go. And like, yeah. uh, there's a million of them, and I'm not shitting on people who know how to play no, guitar well. No, not at there's, all. There's, yeah, yeah, that's it's, amazing stuff. It, it's, it, but you it's can, not Neil Young. And you can learn. Yeah. You can learn how to do pretty things, but you there's and shit, imagine, there's shit that you can't these learn. Songs without that, right? Without Neil beating, you know what I mean? Just which fucking why, hammering one chord with aggression and and passion. Which is why this song is feel. so good because it's like lyrically and he doesn't. It's not just lyrics. Musically, the right. the solos match the angst of yes, the lyrics. Absolutely, and absolutely. it's fucking Neil, man. It's fucking Neil, fucking man. Neil. It's great. Uh, we should uh, keep going though. All right, what? let's move on to um, favorite Oh song. Lonesome Me, Wait. <laughs> which is one of my favorites Wait. on the album. You're skipping. I mean, this is a cover. But Hold on. I what? think you What's missed one. I think you missed one. No, there. I didn't miss anything. I think you missed a key song, actually. What I missed was a song that should have been deleted so they could give extra time to the guitar solo okay. and Southern you Man. Be a- you can't just go over till the- You can't just skip <laughs> Yeah, you can. It because- it's only like a minute and a half long. It doesn't even count. It's like college Luke, sports. play it. See what people think. Okay. Play it. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, baby. I'm going to play the whole damn thing. And you know what? Whenever Shu starts getting annoyed, oh my I'm God. saving this, and I'm just going to start you... playing it when he's. I'm going to give you till the morning comes. Oh, God. Till the morning comes. 
Look at him. He's bobbing his head. He Ooh, loves this it. Is great. <laughs> All right, this that's is great. This is awesome. <laughs> I'm only I'm waiting to sew some patches the on the ass comes. of my jeans. Hey, Josh, how do you think Shu is feeling right now? <laughs> no. Oh, no. For a while. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I like the song. It's catchy as hell. I do. It it is definitely a filler song. It's definitely like yeah, you. It's supposed talk, to be, but it's good. Yeah, mm. I don't know. It belongs on a Winchester Cathedral album. <laughs> I don't even get I that. Right yeah, well, that's around the same time, and they had a huge hit with a song called Winchester Cathedral. And uh, I I dare anyone to look it up and sit through the entire song. You're a stronger man than I. I guarantee you this melody is better than whatever the fuck that is. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Well, let's move on. Because yes, thank you. Me, which I know you uh, had stated in the last episode you are not a fan of. No. No. Sloth from the Goonies did not like Oh Lonesome that's Me. You're, that's true. That's very true. He said, he said, ah, oh, Chunk. Oh, Lonesome. I cut Oh Lonesome Me. I would cut this one. This is I my cut also song. Asked really? For, are you serious? He, uh, he also asked for a baby Ruth. This I, is in my top three. This is in your top three? This is one of the most... You didn't even write this it's song. It's a Don this Gibson is, I, song. It doesn't matter. Really? You like this song that much? I love it. Really? Yeah. Wow. It's not, I'm not saying Have you heard bad. the original, All Lonesome Me? No. Okay. We should play it. Pull this it. guy... Pull up yeah, some of it. Okay, if yeah. you can fit it in here. Yeah. Not the whole thing, but yeah, just I'll to get, get the feel of Don Gibson. He's His version's like... You know, ah oh, shucks, I messed up with my girl again. Oh, so lonesome me! Song, yeah. yeah, and it's it's a little more fast paced, way more positive sounding. Even though the lyrics are sad, I just think what Neil and this is no is this, this the this, one is this the one with Danny Witten? It must be right. Because no, no, Danny Witten was on. Um, who's the vocal in there? When, uh, but I still love her so. And brother, that's Nils. That's, that's Nils? Nils. Yeah, it sounds like Danny. Well, I I think wasn't this a Crazy Horse one? That's what Ooh, I'm saying. I, I think remember. it might have been, man. Because Crazy Horse did when you dance. Compare that too. vocal, the and brother, don't you know that part in this song sounds exactly like the vocal from the the last album, the Crazy Horse album. But I I thought Danny Witten only appeared on when you dance because that was the only time they it. could get was, him when he was, there was good enough. There was one other shape. one. I don't remember which one it was. I thought I read it might that be there was this one. two two songs. Okay. So I, I, think, well, I know there were two Crazy Horse songs he was able to salvage from those sessions. Yes, I think yeah. this might have been one of them. I'm not saying this is a bad song. This is just my least favorite of the songs. Is it because it's a cover? I think it might be because it's a cover. And only because everyone else in this time period, you had your Peter, Paul, and Marys, you had your Mamas and, and the Papas, they're all doing they're doing originals, but they're all doing covers. They're all filling their albums with covers. And this is Neil's first cover, which I just... And it's not bad. He kills it. He does great. And, but I think I'll, what he does with it is uh, maybe it's because I know what the original sounds like. Okay. I'll and have he to look takes it, up. it and he totally sends it through the Neil filter. Mm-hmm. And it, it's so the atmosphere of the song. For some reason, I thought I remembered you. Ooh, you. You Goonie. For some reason, and, and I thought liking, I remember not, you. No, I know Sloth. Sloth doesn't like it. I like it. I love it. Sloth does not like Old Lonesome Me. Okay. Sloth's had a harder life. Wait, is that what you do when you say a thing that you. That you're now <laughs> yeah, regretting. Now he, you just blame it on the, you blame it on us having a podcast via Zoom. <laughs> that wasn't me. That was me on Zoom. That was that was me fluttering on. That Zoom. was Adam Morin. I don't. I don't. Adam Morin. He's getting way too much. I just shows. think that really the is. the whole mood of the song and the atmosphere, the playing. It's got that high lonesome sound. You know yeah. that high lonesome country sound. It starts with the with the harp right away. The yeah, harmonica. which is. Is this the first Beautiful. album he plays harp on? Because he plays a lot of harmonica on this album. No, no, no. I don't think so. Don't... Isn't there? Isn't there harmonica on uh, yeah. "Everybody Knows This Is Nowhere"? On which song? On um, 
on uh, the country one. I don't think there is. On what's that one called? Oh, there's Harp, for sure. Because I like harp. that. That was like my top three on that album, too. No, that was a you good... You guys hate country music. <laughs> Town Meeting hates country music. I mean... We're like a country band, kind <laughs> of. But country people can... I Well, I mean, either way, this is... He's like... You can feel him dipping his toes in the water of harmonica and then by the time we get to harvest what if there's what if there's someone that listens and 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 is so they decide to never listen again because we didn't spend enough time on till the morning comes (laughs) well Well, they can start their own till the morning comes podcast (laughs) okay the morning dumb each each episode is a minute and a half long (laughs) but (laughs) minute 17 no i sorry i will say i do (laughs) i do like the song it's just it's my i think it's my least favorite on the record i'm not shitting on it hold on to me yeah I okay. think this is when Neil talks about capturing the moment. This is one of those moments that it's just you, I've I get lost in this song. Ain't no alone yeah. to me. Yeah, I just when I listen to it, time stops. Wow, I love it. The feel, his singing, the way they're playing. I like this song the song. The atmosphere too. Yeah. they create. Why do you think he picked this song to cover? I think he was a big Don Gibson fan. I think okay. he he grew up listening probably to a lot of country music. Being from the Midwest, yeah, of he Canada. likes real country. He likes, yeah, yeah. And, but why and, this song let me tell you, specifically? Do you think there was I like meaning behind it? I think it's like a, it's a classic sort of. Was this also for Stephen Stills? He just wrote all his sad songs. <laughs> no, that was Nash. But <laughs> oh damn, you're I, right. I, 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 I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I agree, you. I think it's like it's a an homage. I think it's like um, his way of saying like you know I've been dipping my like you said dipping my toes in the country sort of thing. And Don Gibson, to me, this song is one of the greats. Right. And here's my Neil feel on it, you know. And uh, I, I really like this song too. I think my one of my favorite parts of it is when that background vocal, which I thought was Danny Witten. I there's no way to fact check it because I couldn't find any information on that. But it sounds like if you compare it to the last album, it sounds like Danny Witten's vocal. I do love the way, it, but the way that. The way it starts. Don't you know? Can I just play how it starts? I just love the right away, though. For sure. Yeah. Just harp right away. And like lonesome. He's not trying to he's not trying to do I bet Adam Moran would hate that harp right there because it's just one note. I'm sure one of you going, are going to defend the harp at the beginning of All Alone to Me. I can't wait to hear that part. That's so I can send an angry like. message That's literally on Facebook. Kind of what he sounds like. Dear sir, I listened to the episode about after the gold rush. No, because now you know what's going to happen. And you can be furthest from correct when saying that the guitar solo on Southern Shoot, Man. Stop. You know what's going to happen is he's going to share this and he's going to be like, Mike Shue made fun of me. And he's going to like... Oh, yeah. What's, <laughs> people are going to be like, who? Yeah. <laughs> the guy Mike. in Pornhub who does the webcam with no but shirt yeah, they on. Have Chinese they have Chinese back. fat hairy guy. Yeah, oh, guy, that guy. He's you know, awesome. The guy who got jumped by Joni Mitchell. You know, that I love guy. how he eats ramen and masturbates at the same time. <laughs> Uh, anything else on this song, or should we move on to... Uh, side note about Don Gibson himself. Sure. Um, he had most of his success in songwriting, as a lot of country artists do. Yeah, he only had, this was like his only hit. His only hit for him. Yeah. He did write a song called Crazy that Patsy Cline sang. Oh, cool. And I believe he also wrote... Crazy. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that song. Mm-hmm. 
you know. He wrote that? Okay. No, wait a minute. No, um, not crazy. He wrote Sweet Dreams. Willie Nelson wrote Crazy. Wait, I Sweet cra- Dreams? I was going to say, I thought yeah. the Eurythmic really song, crazy. Sweet Dreams, he wrote yes, that? Yes, that's how ahead of wow. his fucking time Holy he was. Shit. Except he sang it in a kind of a aw shucks kind Sweet of manner. Dreams Sweet Dreams are made of this. Sweet Dreams are made of this. Aw shucks. <laughs> Who am I just, to disagree? He just in aw shucks. Aw shucks. And he wrote, he um, slapped his suspenders. I traveled the world in the seven seas. The seven seas. Little old me. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> yeah, I thought Crazy was written by Willie too. I was gonna. Yeah, he I wrote Sweet Dreams. Jump on um, your thing there because you got it all written down. He here. also wrote uh, what country song that Ray Charles have a hit with though? I have no idea. Oh, um, damn! Oh, I can't stop loving you. Oh yeah, I saw that. I read that. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those yeah. are two gigantic hits. Yeah, yeah those. And are good can ones. I? Yep. I always like to throw in the the Neil quote for a song if I can find one. Yeah. Uh, Neil said about this particular track, I like it because everybody seems to hate it so much. <laughs> fucking Neil, right? <laughs> Neil, man. Fuck yeah. That's fucking Neil. Neil. That's, that's so, the definition. That's so Neil That's right probably there. 100% why he put it, because he oh, was yeah. probably sitting with a group of musicians, and they were, and they were like, this sucks, on it. Neil, and he was like, well, I'm going to put it on my album. I'm going to go and put it on my album. Fuck you. Thanks. Fuck you. Yeah. Stephen Stills hates this. <laughs> In your ass, Stills. <laughs> All the songs on this uh, album are pretty short, except it's for a short like, album. when you dance. It's like, it's like a little bit. It's is, like a half an hour, normal. a little bit more than a half hour. Let's get. Can we go? Do you have anything else on this one? No. I know you. No. You're loving it. On it. You know what I do hate about it? It ends too abruptly. That's why that I be, really yeah. am spiteful towards the two filler songs because they could have taken that time. No? Uh, I don't know if I can cut to it, but let me. Uh, yeah, hold on. <laughs> Last 10 seconds. Really so, really nice guitar. Nice guitar, yeah. Really nice. It feels like it's supposed to ramp into something. It's, not, weird, it's a weird not, fade. I could, fade. I could listen Although to... Although I will, I do love hearing the... Bonk. Because this yeah. is my favorite. This is top five favorite songs of all time. It always has been. This is my top three. This is my top three. Those are strong chords right there. The, oh, yeah. The, the way this song starts is... I mean, everything about this song, I'm, I'm in love with this song. I've covered this. Trying to keep it in 15 seconds. That's right. <laughs> Alright, pretend to fade it out. That was 15 seconds. It ends abruptly. It ends really abruptly. That's the whole song. No, I agree. It does. Uh, it's uh. nice when it kicks in, but they could have taken Cripple Creek Ferry, Until the Morning Comes, and taken that two and a half minutes and given Oh Lonesome Meat two and a half minutes of that beautiful guitar that was just kicking the in end at the there, end. Yeah. Strongly disagree. I think both of those songs, I'm not even just saying it to be argumentative. No, I think you're saying it now just I'm to not. get me angry. I, I think they both, no, they both play a place. You're, you're alone they on this. They both play a place I, I on like this record. Tunes, they're not the strongest, Cripple but they're Creek, not the I weakest. Love. I can't imagine this song with it. I can't imagine this album without without those songs. But don't easily. let it bring it down. Because I, I shut it off. I can't. I can't. I can't. I quit this podcast. Adam Moore, what do you think? I don't agree. Cripple Creek Fairy. Very. Well, the it's a variation very. on box Cananta number five. The problem with Cripple Creek Ferry You don't recognize it because you're a troglodyte. C-sharp seventh. And if anyone knows about the C-sharp seventh. Listen, don't let it bring really you down. Bad. Let's go on. Don't let it bring you down is... Agreed. My probably my favorite song of all time. It's in my top three. Wow. Of all it's time. It's one of my favorite. favorite Neil song? One, it, no, just songs. Oh, wow. I love, wow. I love okay. this song Dude. so much, man. Love this song. Find find one thing wrong with this song, please. 
Give me, give me a minute. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> Luke's going waddling off to take a piss anyway. No, I, I, I agree. This is the song that when I was listening to this album, I'm listening to his voice. Yep. And I'm, yep. Th- I'm thinking, Neil, on this album, Neil really found his singing voice. He yes. sings with such... If you listen to this song yep. or any song on this album, and then you listen to the first album, mm-hmm. the self-titled debut, yeah. the confidence level is 500% higher. Right, on this song. Abs- on on the whole album. Yes. But this song right, in, particular in particular is one of his it, finest vocal yes. performances. Yeah. Oh my god. You know, it's 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 like that total like I'm I'm sinking. Yeah. I'm dying here. And that you that know, matches the lyrics so well. And 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 I think it ties into what we were talking about with Southern Man where it's like it's it's that um that like what do you call it? Like that retrospective that like um comment on an empire you know what i mean it's got that mm-hmm. feel of like hey don't let it bring you down man you know it's only castles bur- it's just it's right. got that vibe of like well I, I agree the castles to me are like the institutions yes so again we go back to the time he was making or creating this music sixty nine seventy. yeah things are changing find someone that, that that next part of that find someone who's turning and then you know, and you'll come around right you know what i mean Get with the fucking get with the program. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Your castle's burning, but figure out what's going on in the world, See, and and you'll come around. I took it the opposite way. I took it as him. It's like a, it's a commentary on the lack of empathy that the world has more and more. Like he brings up these individual scenarios, like an old man lying by the by the side of the road, a blind man, and just how it's so it's become becoming easier and easier to just walk by, even though that's someone's whole world burning, collapsing. So just find someone else, find something else to look at. That's kind of how I took wow. this song. Yeah, I don't know, and I, I I I agree with you, Russ. This is one of the best songs ever written. It lyrically, it's powerful. The chord, the the even just the. The tuning he plays it in. Yeah, it's a weird tuning. It's yeah. it's so it's so dark, and then but then the way he ends it, he just ends it up. Yeah, and it's so interesting and what like a strange choice musically, but it just I don't know. Well, that's what I think. That's that's also the message in the song. You know, don't let it bring you down. So, see, I saw that all the situations he was mentioning that you just mentioned as. Kind of like what we're going through now. Yes. You know, there's riots yes, going of course. on. There's a pandemic. You right. know, it's an election oh, yeah, year. Should, I yeah. also all just, this stuff. I love and don't that, you know? So don't, yeah. it's only castles burning. But yeah. like you said, find someone who's turning because that's to help you make of sense yeah, of what's it's going on. Of it. now. It's going to keep going. Right. And I, it, to me, I think when I heard this song when I was really young, the thing that I think really f- like fucking just grabbed my soul was the line when he says. De- uh, so he says, cold wind rippling down the alley at dawn, and the morning paper flies. So in that, like, you know that whole scene in American Beauty where they focus on that plastic bag, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's got that kind of vibe. But then he says, right after that, so you picture this, like, newspaper headline. Remember you talked about every every album being, like, a magazine, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Neil's headlines. And then, so he talks about the morning paper flies, then dead man lying by the side of the road with the daylight in his eyes. And it's like this, like, so you got this, the morning paper flying around with the cold wind in the alley, and then you got a dead man and the daylight is in his eyes. There's so much you could look, you could you could break just that one fucking phrase, just that one verse, that half of a verse. You could, you could 
break that down to me for we could spend this whole podcast and then some just looking at that one line. Well, and, I think that I think what Luke said applies to that line in yes. a major way. So this news, it's yesterday's news. You know what they say? It's like today's news is tomorrow's fish wrap or whatever. Right, 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 right. right. And that's how we're seeing human life now. Yeah. It's like this this news is disposable. This paper's disposable, just like this guy's life, because nobody cares. But about even him. within his eyes, there's daylight. So even if even if you're looking at the dead man, you're still seeing light when in his eyes. So it's like it's all a matter of perspective. So you could either see that he's there's a dead man here. Or you could see that there's light in his eyes, reflecting in his eyes. See, I took so there's there's so many different ways to look at it. It's a, it's a it, and then it's the same thing with the blind man. That line where he's come on down to the river of sight, and you can really understand. It's the blind man that's running with the answer in his hand. It's like there's it, this song is I I can't express to you how what this song does to me on a personal level, like. It just fucking wrecks me. Yeah, same. It wrecks me. Oh, yeah. Which uh, makes me nervous because I'm waiting for a shoe to pick up his pad of paper and be like, you won't believe what Neil said. <laughs> well, he, what Neil actually he, said was this song is about this wicked good cheeseburger he had in Des Moines. <laughs> this song's about a bag of Lay's potato chips I had in 63. The first line of barbecue <laughs> chips came out, and I couldn't believe how delicious they were. No, but oh, I agree, God, Russ, man. It's great, man. And... I don't know. There's just, I know I'm not in the mic right now, but I I, I could spend, I I could do a whole, I could do a whole, a whole episode on just this one song. Well, we're doing a whole episode on this one. I know, man. I just, (laughs) is this, is this not everyone's top song off this or no? It's in my top three. three, Yeah. Yeah. Off this album. Yeah. It's not on my fuck, marry, kill list. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) If you want to do that. It's not on Adam Morin's top three, <laughs> but it's in mine. Do castles even, even okay, burn? So we're talking, about, we're, we're talking yeah. about... Technically, they're made out of stone. <laughs> uh, we're talking about this song so in, in, as an allegory for like what's going on today, right? Right. Red lights flashing through the window in the rain. Can you hear the sirens moan? White cane lying in the gutter in the lane if you're walking home alone. I mean, that alone, that too. Like, yeah. The, the whole thing of like cops it, it like it's got this whole this song to me just it has everything that I want in a song and musically like we talked about with the the, the way this song starts and that yeah. you know it's just like it's it's it lets you know like it's this, foreboding yes yeah. yes yeah it's the it's like darkness but it's the right, opposite like in, of in the end, Creek it ends <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> Why did you have to ruin this awesome discussion we were no, having continue. about such a great song? Continue, continue. You were no, about to say it. something. No, f- no, fuck both of you guys. What was the you were talking about? The no, end? I'm just saying what Luke yeah. brought up. So it starts like that, yeah. and it's pretty dark, but it ends in a more positive sound, anyway, in a more positive tone. Right. You know, which which is the message of the song. Don't let it bring you down. Are you sure his guitar just wasn't out of tune and he was just like, fuck? No, I'm I'm serious because you said it's like a weird tuning. 
And just listening to it there, I'm like, it sounds like it, it kind of went out of tune, and he was like, fuck it, keep the tape rolling. The only well, reason, he does a harmonic. The only reason I don't think so is... So he, he hits a harmonic, which is, if you don't... Like, if you're not used to hearing harmonics, it it's going to sound weird. Well, and also, I think... I think he has fucked with weird tunings for like since he started. He just loves. It makes me want to learn more. I know. About I, I don't tunings. know how to do any. Yeah, I, I wish I, I can do drop Typical. D. That's yeah, which it. is one it's string. It's one string. Which actually, yeah. I think this song might just be in drop D. No, it's D. not. Oh no, actually, this I read song, a whole thing about. No, it. this song isn't in. It's it's literally in standard tuning. It's just dropped down a few. Yeah, but it's dropped um, down I, to D. Yeah, I read the whole thing. It's like a. a it's a D minor seven, <laughs> obviously. This is Adam some people Lawrence. on this it's, podcast. This song, it says it's it's played in in double drop C, which is similar to double drop D. Nice. But again, not it's not drop, drop D. Drop it's D's. double. And then and then it says, however, the whole guitar is down tuned. So yes, it is technically, it's, yeah, it's down tuned. So then uh, a whole first, a uh, whole uh, sorry, a whole step. Yeah. So uh, d- first, making the gu- the guitar strings C G F. Yeah, it's weird. C G C F A. But it's and it's C. not if it's double drop D, it's not that strange. I think it's still just one or two strings, and then he just brings the whole thing. It doesn't really matter. No. This is just we're fodder for Adam Moran. Moran the I am uh, I am so this Josh is gonna Dolan call in this, in this is gonna, situation. Adam Moran is gonna have a real, yeah. Adam Moran is gonna have be a here. thought on this. Mm, uh, I heard you talking. So about on the, the four way street, which was the CSN um, Y uh, live album, yeah. right? I don't remember what we were talking about, but it probably had something to do about radio. It about. was Drop D. Uh, young Neil said in in uh, on that album, the CSNY live album, he said, "Here is a new song. It's guaranteed to bring you right down. It's called Don't Let It Bring You Down. It sort of starts off real slow and then fizzles out altogether, and then and then it says it says that the crowd roars with laughter." <laughs> <laughs> Neil is fucking funny, man. man. He's great. Nail, man. Uh, should we move on? I, this Can is I my, just say, if you want to hear those chords, those particular chords in a very different way, the band Luscious Jackson sampled oh, the really? beginning of this song okay. in a song called She Be Wanting More, and they actually speed it up a little. Oh, really? And it sounds really good. Luscious Jackson? Luscious Jackson. Okay. Yeah. Wow. It's good stuff. Okay. All right. What do we got? We're not on Cripple Creek Ferry. Yet. No, we're okay. not. That's the oh, last yeah. One. Birds. I do love birds. Love birds. Yeah, love birds. Love birds. This to me, so when you said um, when you said that about Tell Me Why, about how this was kind of the closest thing to CSNY, this song also reminds me of CSNY mm-hmm. a little bit, but like a simpler yeah. version. Um, I actually told Russ I want to cover, I just want to do a kind of a stripped down cover. Maybe we'll do this before this album comes, or this episode comes out and we'll just put it out. But I, lo- I love the, I don't know, it's a very simple, it feels like kind of a simple, not really a love song, but like a, letting you go kind of a song. Well, the the story I got from this was that he wrote this while he was still in Buffalo Springfield mm-hmm. and that they he told them they this were This is also the second signal. Uh sorry, single off of this. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. I think it's when you dance is the second oh, single. Oh. Are you sure? Uh-huh. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, well, sorry. He told Continue. those guys he was leaving the band, but they still had to contractually uh, do some gigs, and they started playing this one live. With and, Buffalo? Yeah, oh, Buffalo okay. Springfield. And I'm just thinking he's leaving the band and the lyrics to this song. Oh, I know yeah, he says yeah, lover yeah. in the beginning in the first right. verse, but it just seems like, you know, this is like Neil going, okay, I'm taking off. Yeah. I'm leaving. Yeah. And it's something that he does a lot in his career. Yeah. Like he either just, le- whether it's a band or a wife or whoever, it's like, hey, Daryl Hannah. 
You know, it's yeah. kind of like this is what he does. When he's done with something, he's done. He's done. It's over. Mm-hmm. You know, and you got to get over it. The sun's going to come up in the morning. Yeah. You know, so you got to you got to get over me being this, gone. It, so don't let it bring you down. And then this is uh, we've touched on this in in every episode, but the fact that he's in his at this point like early still but mid-ish 20s how is neil not one of the greatest songwriters of all time i mean he definitely is i know but he's not i still don't I feel like he's, he's regarded as that in my opinion like you always see you know dylan or whatever and i just think i got into a fight with some people about this yes literally yesterday really neil to me because dylan don't get me wrong i love dylan yes he's a great songwriter but he really will just say gibberish. He just puts words together. And Neil, I think, will is is a fucking poet. Not that not that Dylan's not. It's just that it's it's Neil combines the two. Yes. So like I, I talked I was arguing with my my cousin about this yesterday. I said, name someone who has a better first four albums than Neil, and he says, Dylan, hands down, fuck you. And I said, but Dylan, Dylan has had a bunch of covers. Well, I said Dylan has a great first four records, but they're very one dimensional. It's him with an acoustic guitar, right. and it's not bad. They're incredibly and there's well a lot of covers. Songs. But when yeah. you when you get, look at Neil and you look at the diversity between, if you go from his self titled then up to everybody knows nowhere, then to after Gold Rush, then to Harvest, it's yeah. it's like there's four different artists making these albums, right. and they're all good. Right. So I don't know, like, yeah, I feel like Dylan got on that train later. Yeah, after the, he the went whole, electric. like, let's be weird. And, yeah, and yeah after he same. went electric. And, and that then wouldn't he knew have even happened if it wasn't for Levon and, and, and Ox. I'll, I'll say it. Dylan's electric stuff it, it wouldn't fucking wouldn't sucks. Demand. I'm sorry. Fuck <laughs> anyone. I won't say that. <laughs> I'll say it. I don't give a really? shit. Really? I'm not a Dylan. Bringing Once he it went all electric, back home? Eh, no. Come on. Like, he has a few hits off that. His first four albums are top notch. Incredible. But I don't. Once he grabs an electric, it's just not for really. Me. And then the the later on he goes, like Neil definitely no, just, dips into I some weird territories. I'm with you, Shu. I think but, it's great. But Dylan just is a steady down as far as well, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But Neil he at least hasn't pops come up. Back. Dylan hasn't come back. The la- well, the, he did. Dylan did come great. back in the nineties with uh, what was it, Time Out of Mind, which is a phenomenal oh, yeah. album. And then the one know. after that, Love and Theft. One of his best albums ever. To, I don't know. I don't know if I know it's it. It's fantastic. It's one of those it great albums. A great album, Dylan album, all the way through, I don't think I know which it. are very you know few and far between. Yeah, I'll have to and check you know it out. what? Neil never did. Neil never became a born again Christian just because he had writer's block. Okay. <laughs> all right. So you're telling me this is oh, this is what I'm saying. Great. Neil that's never great. wrote. Man gave names to all the animals. Right. <laughs> he never like gave his life to Jesus. And I'm not against Christianity, but yeah. Neil Young never gave his life to Jesus because he couldn't. Serve he ran out of things to write. Yeah. No. So I he's agree. like, I got to go to the Bible, but I can't. You know, I got to do it in a cool way. And also, Neil, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to shit on Dylan because I. When did Dylan go electric? I mean, because technically, Luke, Blood on the Tracks, he's he's electric. Blood on the Tracks is my favorite. Uh, no, he Dylan went album. way before that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, was, all right. Um, it so was like. Can't, no, it was right. like bringing it all back home was his first yeah, kind of that's foray. What I mean. But what? What? Uh, okay, so maybe not well, when he went. And then after that was Highway 61. Okay, so maybe not. Maybe blonde. not entirely. And he definitely has like some upticks. Well, all right, Highway 61 I love was Dylan. Way I, I, that. I'm not an enemy of Dylan. No, it was right after bringing it all. I back don't home. hate Dylan like oh, no, Russ no. hates Clapton. Yeah. I'm just saying. But those were both way before. Blood on the tracks. Blood on the tracks is ten years. Blood on the tracks might be his best album. 
what what I'm saying is it that's just, a bold statement, sir. I fucking love Blood on the Tracks, dude. It's up there for really? sure. Really? Oh it's a yeah. Great album. It's, wow. Dude, Tango. I know it is a great album. It's, I'm not. I'm not giving you shit. I'm so, like, but that's what like, would it be woo. for you? Blonde on blonde. No, it, blonde on blonde. Yeah, actually, let's not talk about Dylan. Yeah, yeah, Fuck yeah, Dylan. yeah what are we doing? Aren't we talking about yeah, Neil Young? Neil. Fuck that We've guy. We've already been going Fuck. for like two hours. We got to yeah, keep going. Gotta, here the we thing go. about Dylan, oh, I don't want to keep doing that. <laughs> Adam Warren thinks Dylan sucks. <laughs> He's getting a lot um, of attention on this. Let's talk about. Hey, he wanted it. Let's talk about when you dance. Now this this is. One of the crazy horse tunes. This is a fun song. It's a great riff. Love it. Yeah. I mean, it's a heavy ass riff. Um, this is also the last thing that Neil recorded with Danny Witten. This well, was a he, Danny Witten came heavy, in. Man. He had Stephen Stills come in and do backing vocals on this. Didn't like what Stills was doing. Called Danny and just happened. Luckily, can you imagine not. Like you imagine. I know, not, right? Like, well, he, only Neil Young could do that. Yeah, right. <laughs> only Neil. That's yeah. a fucking Neil moment. But right? it's like he he like luckily caught Danny Witten on a good day because at this yeah. point he was pretty. This close. is like the, this where is, he sent him packing. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, he, well, he had already sent him packing, but he kept trying to get oh, him involved. Really? He but broke, he was always okay. just too yeah. fucked up on right. heroin. But he got him in on this day, and he said he just he was rolling, and I just kept him there. He did the vocals and everything like that. Yeah. And, uh, Jack Nietzsche, on the other hand. Who we mentioned earlier, Jack Nietzsche loves Neil Young, hates Crazy Horse, right. thinks they're hacks. Was super drunk during the recording of this, and Neil wanted him to play piano on it. He would start playing, and then he would be like, "Fuck this sucks, fuck this, I'm not doing this." And Neil would have <laughs> Jack to, would say that, yeah, and yeah. Neil would have to talk him down. This is according to Nils Lofgren. Okay. Neil would have to go and talk to Jack, get him back in there, and play it. I weirdly get that, it, only because to me this song, and I I love this song. It feels like an intentional hit. It feels like he set out to write a hit. This was it. It just feels very single, like a, like it, he meant to write a single, and this is the song. Really more so than Only Love Can Break Your Heart? Yeah, because really? this this is just like... Ding, ding, it does ding, have... Ding. You know what? It's like Cinnamon Girl Part 2. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In but fact, the, without the substance of You know what my favorite part of this, of this song in particular is? I love... It's subtle, but at the end of the song, they switch to like the way they sing it, it's like a slight change. It's I can love, you know what I mean. It, it go. It's like because well, they switch the words around. Yeah, yeah. But it fits the melody, and it's like it's it's really refreshing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it kind of catches you off guard. Yeah, and that's what makes it. Yeah, but fresh. it's cool. Yeah. It, it, it's like the way that they switch that up in the melody, and then it's almost like a key change a little. bit. Can we talk about Danny Witten for a second? Because I don't know much about him. Is this is the you said this is the last song yes. he ever did with Neil? This is the last thing he recorded with Neil. Did he? Pass away yeah. soon after this. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I'm sure we'll within, get into that. Within, yeah. Um, I think uh, not during harvest, but after. Wasn't didn't, it? didn't one of you guys hint that don't don't let it bring you down might be have something to do with no, Danny no, no, or no? Um, that would be needle, needle in the needle, damage done. Yeah, yeah needle in the damage done was definitely about him. Yeah. Was he tonight's dead? the tonight's the night was like Neil's thing about Danny and. Um, Bruce Barry. Yeah, Bruce Barry. You know, yeah. about he felt responsible. He straight up says Bruce Barry. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's Bruce a working Barry. man. He used yeah. to love that Econoline van. That's right, motherfucker. Bruce <laughs> Barry. Neil. Fucking that's a Neil. great song, dude. But yeah, that's this is the last thing he did. And da- yeah, the story of Danny Witten's. We should do that. Like, we did David Briggs this time around. We should probably talk about Danny Witten. Well, we did in the, in the last episode. A little bit, but yeah, maybe we hit bit. it because Needle and the Damage Done is on Harvest. Yeah, we I'll can get we it. can get back into yeah we can get into that the next when we talk yeah. about needle and the damage. Yeah, because we're getting to the point where this might end up being a two parter episode. <laughs> oh Jesus, which really? I was thinking, which is I, I mean, well, it's, it's one of the best. Or yeah, this is a Joe, this is a Joe Rogan episode then. Okay, 
Close enough. This spider like gets into your eyeballs and lays its eggs in a sack behind your eye. Eye shelf. I Isn't that mean, fucked up? And also, close in on that. So not only... <laughs> close in on <laughs> close that. In on that. <laughs> not only that, though, but Spotify did offer us $100 million, which makes this episode... Oh, great. Mature, right? That's oh. awesome. I'm not going to share you with you guys. Probably, you could have probably... You could have talked to him. You could have let more. us know. Come on, Luke. Yeah. You, know, you, you could have... You could have... You could have... Adam Morin. You know what I mean? Yeah. Stop. <laughs> um, yeah. I believe in you. <clears throat> Actually, yes. It's a cool song. It's sad. But it's... It's like... I, it's awesome because of the contradictions. Right. But it's like, you know, what is, what's the line? Um, now that you've made yourself love me, do, do you, you think, think I, I can change, change it, it in, in a day? day? That's the one reason this oh wasn't my, my least favorite song. Because that line is so weirdly powerful. I don't know. Am I lying to you when I say uh, yeah. yes, that, that I believe in that? That kills me. Because like, it, I read something that it was like, as a song, it's like, I believe in you, right? Right. But then as a poem, it's that like, when you read it as a poem, it's fucked. It's like, you know what I mean? Like Like he doesn't know himself. Yes. And the title is deceiving. Right. Because it's almost like, oh, this is like a love song. I I believe in you. You know, I, I believe you're my love or whatever the fuck. But then it's got that just even when it goes into I believe in you, it's it. Is prefaced by, am I lying to you when I say that I yeah. am? Right. Musically, too, I like his choices. I know it's like a mm-hmm. small thing, but like when he goes, that I believe in you. Oh, oh, there's a pause. And you'd think he would just repeat, I believe in you, but he goes, oh, oh. Right. That and even before that, I love what I love too is that musically, even before he goes to the. That I believe in. it. There's like a, a pause. It's like it, it. The timing should be, like it should be one beat sooner. Dun, 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 but dun. it happens. I wonder. Can you play it? Do you uh, see what I mean? Yeah, me can see. you try to find it? Hold on. Will you edit this so we can? Like right before the chorus. Yeah. Be right there. And then it's just like that, whatever he does there, just like that. Choice. It's awesome. I just can't talk. <laughs> Sorry, come on, man. I, you know, in the background, you can hear Josh Dolan talking to <laughs> yeah, David. Yeah, that Briggs. was weird. Yeah, like, please know. don't kill me. How did that? I don't know who Neil Young is. <laughs> My brain is a is a pan fried noodle. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like the song. It's it's not my it's not in my top whatever, but it's a good tune. Yeah. Well, he was his marriage was falling apart during the recording of this. I mean, yeah. she was she was sick of the whole deal. Yeah. And he he knew it, and he just kind of wanted to like like birds. He just wanted to say, okay, we're done. He just seems like an intense guy to have a relationship with, whether like in any capacity, right? Like a, like a romantic or a friendship. Like he just seems like it must be. D- not difficult, but just 
you don't set any rules. It's his rules, and right. that's kind of well. He's yeah, he's a control freak. Yeah, you know, and that's I think that's he used CSN to kind of pump him up a little bit. You know, when they're recording Deja Vu, like his songs, I love Deja Vu. He barely had any of the other guys involved. Like really, he would, he would like he would record them by himself. He'd mix them on his own. Which you know, is why he stuff. left Buffalo Springfield, I heard, because he was like, well, on these songs, I'm doing all the work, and I'm writing on the songs that he did. So he's, But, but I, he wanted to do that according to Stills, and that made yeah. Stills angry because Stills was like, he's never played on a team in his life. What a yeah. chalk thing to say. I um, also heard, but, though, I heard that, yeah, like, like... Fuck you, Stills. But I also heard that Neil, like, from the beginning, fuck like... Fuck you, Stills, like, young band. When you except, said, for that one song, except for that yeah, one song. Except for that one song. Which this so good. podcast which is kind of yeah, yeah, which isn't it long, may you... It's about a car. But anyway... <laughs> but when you said that about... I actually think it's about a motorcycle. But. Whatever. When you said that about Birds, about how he knew he was leaving Buffalo Springfield, I, on that documentary... It it sounded like for, almost from the beginning he was like, uh, I'm gonna leave. No, I'll stay. No, I'm gonna. Oh leave. yeah, it was off and on with them. Yeah, but he it's it's basically because be he's very frustrating for them. Know. Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and but he's that's him. He he has to be in total control of. That's why he built his own studio for yeah. this album because he didn't want to have anybody <laughs> having any other input. I'll risk it. What do you mean? I'll risk it. Like for being, the risk it being Neil's friend. Sorry. Whatever that relationship would yeah, be like. Yeah, fucking obviously. Fucking risk it. Well, yeah, you got a lot to put on the line there. <laughs> <laughs> risk what? Don't All right. Play a, don't play a job. All right, let's get to it. Let's get to the grand finale. Didn't we already? Uh, 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 Didn't we already spend uh, enough time on this? Seriously. All alone, the mic shoe stands. He can't stand the Crimple Creek Fairies. Make way for the Crimple Creek Fairies. Russ, this note right here, me and you would fight for it. This one right here. Squeeze. I guarantee you, we would fight for that. Like Country Time Lemonade. <laughs> no, no, don't you it's dare. It's a mighty fine <laughs> squeeze. No. Here at no, Cripple Creek no. Ferry, we serve the finest. Strongly disagree. Very catchy tune. It's clearly autobiographical. He put a lot of thought into it, I'm thinking. I don't think he put any thought into it at all. I think he really worked his heart out on this one. Not really. I think he fucking blood, sweat, and tears or whatever. And They had a couple of hits. <laughs> all alone, the mic shoe stands. The Condon boys, he cannot stand because they love this song. <laughs> All right. I understand. No, you guys like it. As you they know. sing along. I, one man's trash. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But either way, it contributes to the album as a whole to me, which is why I really like How? it. I, it just, it's a great, it's a super catchy end. I don't fucking make me. couldn't end it on I Believe in You? No. I guess he didn't want to end on a negative, wanna, such a negative note. Yeah, and this, I would understand that if just, that was the case. It's like a poppy up. He's like, guess what? I like the band too. That's, that's what this yeah. was. You know, more importantly, though, what does Adam Morin think? <laughs> should I should I Facebook? No, <laughs> I don't want to do it. Um, no, uh, uh, this album for me, and I know I've said this the past three times, this is my favorite Neil album. <laughs> I love it. Let's get to what we would cut. Well, hold on. The questions oh, okay. we got on my post, I got Tony saying, my question is, why do you not want me on the podcast? I know all about Neil. What's his face? <laughs> and then... <laughs> 
Eric O'Connell. <laughs> don't laugh at him, Shoe. That was and, funny. And then Eric O'Connell, who I told you. Oh, was this is the guy I hit with a disc, disc golf guy, okay. says, how are we? <laughs> that was his question. Okay. Why are you eating your mic? I, I Move just it a like little it, bit man. away from Come your on, face. Off. Uh, did, you guys get any, did you guys get anything other than the Adam Warren bullshit? Uh, no, that's the only one I wanted to address. Yeah, I didn't. Let me check yeah. real quick. But I, I got one guy so. saying the theme song was awesome, which is very true. Josh we have also the best, said that. We, we do have the best theme song. Shout out to Lukey. You damn right. Yeah. You damn right. I mean, I added some killer percussion and harmos on that. Um, I would cut. I was originally going to say Lonesome Me, but after listening to the intro and what you guys said, I think I might cut I Believe in You. I don't know. Ooh, I think it, it's a tie between those two. They they do the least for me, and I do love both of those songs, but I don't know. What about you guys? I think it's pretty obvious what I want off that fucking record. No, it's not, because there's a tie <laughs> for two. You just chop them both? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'd take that, again, I'd take that two and a half, three minutes. I'd extend the guitar solo in All Lonesome Me and okay. Southern Man. Give the time to those songs. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I would cut All Lonesome Me just because it's a cover. Yeah. What's your top three? My top three is uh, Don't Let It Bring You Down. In order. Don't Let It Bring You Down. Oh, sorry. So like three to to one? Yeah. Uh, Fuck. Mm, I don't think that's on this one. Yeah, yeah. that's not. That's, that's on, a Ragged Glory. Yep. It's fucking up. I think it's on Stars and American Stars. Stars and Bars. It's so hard, man. <laughs> oh, shit. I'll, want me to tell you mine? Yes. I got my number three is Tell Me Why. Ooh. Two is Don't Let It Bring You Down, and my number one is After the Gold Rush. I just fucking love that song. My three is uh, After the Gold Rush, then Oh Lonesome Me, and then Don't Let It Bring You wow. Down. That's your one is Don't Let It Bring You Down? Yeah. yeah. Mine would, Absolutely. Okay, so mine would be... Mine would be Tell Me Why, After the three. Gold Rush, Don't Let It Bring You Down. Okay, yeah, we're so we're all pretty close. Yeah. All right, Fuck, Mary. Southern Kill. Man would be four, though. Fuck, Mary, Kill, Neil's songs on this album. What would you do? Because I'll tell you, it's pretty obvious for me. I'd fuck birds. I'd fuck the shit out of birds. Mm, isolate that. <laughs> Put that on your little soundboard. Damn it. I'd fuck the shit out of birds. <laughs> oh, I'm isolating that. <laughs> yeah, you got to isolate just Mike's shoes. Uh, no, this was, uh, this, I knew this album was going to be good. I, we, we took a... You know what I'd give a good pounding to? Oh, boy. <laughs> Cripple Creek Ferry. Oh, baby. yeah. Put my, yeah, I put my big gambler's hat all up in there. Honestly, if you were going to have sex to any of these songs. Oh, Lonesome Me. No. By myself. <laughs> I sex with myself. You definitely jerk off to Lonesome Me. I mean, it makes sense. And you sense. can watch me doing that on Pornhub. Yeah, while he's watching his, his half Chinese hairy fat guy shit. <laughs> I'd I'd fuck to till the morning comes. I just oh think it's God. uh why because that's you a to boner killer. Morning? Are you kidding me? <laughs> that's what I mean. Yeah, It'll make only, me last long. No, no, you wouldn't even make it in. <laughs> he only gets till the morning. Whatever. Well, the morning would come. Oh uh, no. Well, something would come. There's no coming involved. <laughs> oh Jesus, this podcast sucks. This went off the rails. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. This yeah. Is, uh, this is if you are. I, mean, I don't know. Oh hey, so what do you think of the 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 new song from that's going to be on Homegrown? Try. Oh yeah. yeah, with Levon Helm on drums. I know yeah, you're a yeah, Levon yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. Wait, Levon Helm's on. Maybe I haven't heard this yet. Yeah, and he well, Levon comes in on because uh, Homegrown's like a collection of older tunes, right? Yes. Well, it's something he recorded uh, before. I think it's like around this time. No, it's no. it's around tonight's the night yeah. and on the beach. Oh, okay. And he, yeah, because for Levon, some reason Levon he didn't... is on on the beach. Is yeah. he? Yes. Okay. Which he, I might might end up being my favorite record. I'm on saying the beach. That now. Yeah, okay. He didn't put out Homegrown for. 
for some reason. But yeah. he put he, instead he put out tonight's the night. Well, it's like one of those. Um, it's like the um, uh, the one that came out with what the fuck, Hitchhiker. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. where he put it out way later. Mm-hmm. Um, which it's a, a great record. It, but I love this song. Try. Yeah. Oh, I, I love, love the Neil it's when Neil awesome. tackles that kind of honky tonk country. Oh, dude, gotta, that song. I, I don't yeah. know if you I've heard, heard this it yet. Luke? Oh, it's great. Have, Check it out. Look man. it up. It's awesome. I'll look it up. I do. Hitchhiker is one of my favorite Neil records. Ah, oh, damn it. I, I don't know if we should do this now, but oh, yeah. whatever. Yeah, take a listen to this. It's awesome. <laughs> You can tell that's Levon, too. The door is open to my heart, and I've been hoping. I feel like I've heard this. I love this. You won't be the one to struggle with the key. We got lots of time to get together if we try. Mm. Until Daryl Hannah comes <laughs> along. I'm only gonna give you till the morning. Oh, song stop it! You <laughs> <laughs> hated that. You hated that. So uh, he's gonna release this album, Homegrown, and then so next year he's gonna release some another live album from 1986. The what like that was part of the. He did like a short stint of gigs. As a warm up when he appeared on Saturday Night Live oh, cool. for the Freedom album. Sweet. So that means how many albums is he going to? I mean, are we going to make it? Wouldn't that be great if it would time it out perfectly? <laughs> it, it could. I don't know. <laughs> well, we got to save some for albums. when we become super popular and we have to tour live. Here's my thing. Oh, oh, we we're well, at, yeah, we're at all, the Neil show. First of all, yeah. I hope that our fan base has grown. It won't. But I hope that it's grown to the point where when Trans comes out, we do a live. <laughs> We record that album or that episode live. And we use that shitty vocoder. <laughs> like that, that crazy great. fucking... Wow, wow, wow. So uh, shoot. This was not my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> shoot, you want to hear something cool, though? Oh, God. It might be nothing, but uh, our manager, the guy that we now have doing um, uh, PR for us, he has a, a like a loose connection, or I don't know how, I don't know how loose it is, but our PR guy knows someone who works with Neil. Oh, God. And so he said, so he told us, just got this text from Rob, which is our PR guy. I'm going to send the album, the Down by the River cover, and the podcast to my buddy Tim that works for Neil Young. All right. I'm okay with that. <laughs> so We get sued. And, and Neil's going <laughs> to be like, those guys are pretty good, except the Mike Shoe guy who hates trans. <laughs> now, you and, know, I don't Cripple hate Creek trans. Ferry. It's Cripple landing Creek on water. Cripple Creek Ferry is my favorite thing I know, I've ever recorded. That's the greatest thing I've ever written. That podcast is horse shit. That's it. That's his one. Thanks. Wow. Interesting. Thanks. Okay. Yeah. So that means we may make it two oh, man, more episodes been, before we get the cease and desist. Yeah, that's right. All right. That's we've been cool. going for like three hours. I just can't talk. <laughs> we got to wrap this up, Josh. All right, well, thank you very much for listening to yeah. uh, Long May You Young. It's on every platform, almost, except for Apple right now. But yeah, hopefully it's on Apple by now. But Spotify, Breaker, um, Pocket Cast, Google Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher. Is that it? Is it? It's not on Stitcher. Stitcher. I think you have to pay. I don't know. I'll look into it. But it's not on Stitcher right now. It might be. But wherever you get on the first in-person podcast too. I know. Yeah. This is this is a lot of fun. You got a cool space here, man. Yeah. I'm yeah, feeling just, the vibe. Keep the tape rolling. Got the good it's a good place stuff. to write music. So, but anyway, yeah, we uh, appreciate everyone listening. Yeah, and uh, make sure you check out our Facebook page. Yeah, uh, Long May You Young on Facebook. Our Instagram account and also yes, our Long uh, May You Young 
Twitter, Long May You Young, our newest Use follower. Use the hashtag LMYY. It's okay. easy enough. And uh, I want to thank our latest follower on Twitter, Mr. Bill Janovich from Buffalo Tom. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, who uh, was talking about Neil Young and calling him a riff monster nice. on Twitter just earlier today. And I said, oh, yeah. you know what? we got a podcast. Perfect. So. Sweet. If you have friends who like Neil or uh, they like long, rambling podcasts. Then right. Or they me. like Adam Morin. <laughs> I was going to say two important things to end this, this podcast. Black Lives Matter and fuck you, Adam Morin. <laughs> Okay. He was our one one response that we got. The one the one response that we got, no, we, see, we shit on him. Check that's, out his no, band's that's how, toast. That's how you keep him listening. He's like, fuck those guys. I hate them. And he'll listen to the next podcast. And he'll comment again. As him. long yeah. as he leaves us five stars or whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah leave us a five-star <laughs> review. Subscribe, subscribe and rate We're not even on Apple Podcasts, and we're telling people to leave not us. Not we are right now. You're oh, not doing yeah. the time thing right. All right. Goodbye, Thanks, everyone. Thanks, guys. Love you. I was going to play Cripple Creek, but whatever. I'd fuck birds. I'd fuck the shit out of birds. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com. Code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.